Welcome to This Week in Marvel, episode number 263. Oh boy. I'm Ryan Panagos, VP and Executive Editor, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, joined by... Ben Morse, Editorial Director of Marvel.com, and we have a very special guest with us. No, it's not intern Amanda, although she is sitting over there with the headphones on. <laughs> We're just not letting her talk. But who do we have with us today? Uh, Brian Brian Quinn from Impractical Jokers. They call him Q. Uh Big comic book fan and and just happy to be here. Yeah, man. I feel like she should be on the mic though. I feel never. Very bad. No, no. If you, you have something to say, you should just hop in. No, she never has anything to say. You could write it down on that paper, and I'll I'll read it out loud. A lot of sniffles and a lot of uh, giggling. Yeah, we'll come. Oh, really? That's what yeah. you'll say. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sweet. That's why her nickname is uh, Sniggles. Sniggles. That, that sounds Snig- like a Harry Potter. Old Sniggles. Yeah. Hey, are you a Harry Potter? No, my name is Sniggles. Yeah. You're not. Yeah, that's when you're not a Harry Potter in the Harry Potter verse. You. Uh, are reduced to the rank of Sniggles. Yeah. So mm, I'd work like on a new name. nickname if I were you. Yeah. <laughs> we'll workshop that. Sniggles sounds odd. But we're, we're thrilled to have you here. We're going to talk about some comics like we uh, usually do on the show. We uh, will go through what comics are available this week. We'll catch up on a little news. The West Coast has the This Week in Marvel Unlimited Reading Club this week. They're covering Astonishing X-Men Gifted. 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 Yeah. Which amazingly we've never done. How? I don't understand it. Yeah. But somehow we've never done that. I know. It's um, crazy. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it. if you're just joining us, we're going to talk about all that stuff. But uh, sometimes we have guests. And so how do you even get... You know, linked up with this crazy show. Uh, you know, I just hang around the offices a lot. <laughs> I'm just like downstairs all the time, just trying to bother people as they come into work for free comics. Oh, you're the guy in like the, the paper bag outfit. That's me. That's oh. I'm the paper bag guy out there. <laughs> so they, they just got me in here. It was fantastic. I, you know, which goes to tell you, if you just follow your dream and you yep. harass the right people constantly, you'll get there. You will get where you want the to be. The path to success. Let's be That's clear. Right. Please do not wait outside yeah, Marvel please. headquarters. We have security in many places. We do. That would be bad forever. Okay. Well, it's a public street, so I, I hate to disagree with you, my friend. But you could you could wait out there if you want. Yeah. Uh, That's why know. we're not giving the address out. Okay. It makes us all very nervous. But not only are you here on the podcast, you're also in a Marvel comic coming. I up, am. Right? I'm very excited by that. Yeah. Uh, the uh, whatever the Christmas issue of uh, Spider-Man Deadpool. My buddy, uh, who I've known for about 20 years now, Nick Giovanetti, he's a writing partner of Paul Shear. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is like the fourth issue they've written for Marvel. Or yeah, something. they've done a bunch. They've done a bunch, and it's all when they need like funny stuff, man. Yeah. These these guys nail it. Um, and uh, he asked me, "Would you like to be in it?" And uh, who would say no to that? Uh, who indeed? So I, I saw in the form and went, but actually, I was Impractical Jokers was mentioned in uh, Uncanny X Men. Oh yeah, a couple issues back. Um, yeah, Magneto asked Zorn what he's up to, and he says, "Uh." Watching Impractical Jokers. That's the type of thing Zorn would watch. That, yes. That it's right, up his, it's right up his alley. I like that I'm canon in the yeah. 616, <laughs> yeah. man. That's pretty great. You know, there's one thing about Zorn we know. It's that he loves to laugh. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just so loves much. to laugh. What would his laugh sound like inside the it's metal like, oh, thing? Oh, in his head? Oh, 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 star? Oh. Yeah. It's a star for How his brain. How does a star laugh? 
Wow, that's that's the type of question. Right? Yeah. That's where Amanda, we're put that down as our second T-shirt after "Friendship is Dope." New T-shirt. How does a star laugh this week in Marvel podcast? You're not, You're writing, not writing anything. anything. There we go. She's yeah. pretending so to write. I, I don't even see her writing. It's <laughs> odd. No it's ink appearing. Do we have our friendship is dope T-shirts yet? No, but I se- several uh, folks last episode said really? they would buy them. Absolutely. Where is that from? What, what did you we guys? Just, we just we came up with it just right off the cuff. I mean, it's accurate. It's right? sa- it's not. It's an accurate statement. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We put like Power Man and Iron Fist on it. It'd be great. Yeah. It also dates you guys to be dropping <laughs> the word dope, which I like. Yeah. It makes me feel closer to you guys. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're dating ourselves. We're dating ourselves constantly. Oh, yeah. yeah. I would like to date myself. I would I'm love okay. to date myself. Yeah. I think you I'm know? a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Fair. All right. I'm in. I'm <laughs> with you, guys. I'm with you. Right there with you. <laughs> On what? that note, let's dive into the comics for this week. We've got a butt ton. How long are these episodes normally? 12 hours. Okay. Because I'm <laughs> telling you, like, if we do it right, it's going to be twice as long as you normally do. <laughs> no, boy. Because I, I really like to gab. That's fine. That's so, great. So I'm asking permission. Do you guys want me to cut? You could just give me the high sign. <laughs> When you Amanda, want me to shut up. Yeah. Are you well, ready? Blake, I'm not Blake. taking that from Sniggles. <laughs> no way, man. Blake is in here, and he's yeah. got that that PR bone in his body where he's like, you know, he's like he, snapping. He can do finger, the wrap it up. Wrap right. it up. Wrap he's it like, up. you gotta go. Yeah. yeah. So well, he's gonna try we'll and like go do on. it for my benefit because he's worried about how much time I have. I'm telling you, we can do a, a marathon right now <laughs> and talk about this to death. We'll see. We'll we'll find ways to make it feel large, <laughs> yes. but also be. Sh- Small, small. Good, good hand motions. Over. You know, like yeah. large, when you small. Yeah, when you do good hand motions, yeah. I like to let the audience know that you're yeah. doing good hand motions. Because they can't see it. They can't see enough. it. No, they can't see it. Yeah. Our technology is not yet that advanced. Although, well, I, they, we do have the technology. <laughs> no. It's pretty simple, from actually. What I, from so what I, I understand. I could live stream Periscope right now. From what I want. understand, there's no technology no. that can make us both seen and heard. Yeah. <laughs> we can only be heard. Hopefully someday. Today's someday. election day when we're recording. So maybe with a new yeah. president. Hey, whoever really gets evolved. elected. Get us that video technology so we can do videos of us. Video? That sounds fun. Yeah. That's, that's what it's going to be called. Video. Yeah. Anyway, uh, comics this week. First up is all new X-Men number 15, written by Dennis Hopeless, art by Mark Bagley, Andrew Hennessy, and Nolan Woodard. Uh, there's Demons Aplenty. Oh, so many. There's- um, You got Snake Demons. You got One-Eyed Demons. Yeah, who gets- like his eye is impaled by a flying uh, wolverine. Yeah. Was or, that like uh, who? Because he didn't get thrown by Colossus. So by uh, sort of angel, angel, and yeah. sort of you know using using mm-hmm. motion and just yeah thrust using motion using motion. Yeah, I, I'm flying. My hand is again moving. Yeah, no, your hands You're all over the place. You're not doing the job of telling people what my hands are your, doing. His hand is flying as if it yeah. were a feather falling gently to the ground. Yeah. They didn't name it. What is it? The fastball special? Speed? Yes. Fastball special. I thought that he was going to say that or she was going to say that, but they, I thought they missed a trick on that one. Yeah. Do you play video games? Oh, look at me. Do I look like I do anything besides <laughs> do play, play video too? game? I haven't yet. Okay. I Titan- heard the I heard the story mode is awesome. It is maybe my favorite game of the year. Really? Um, And I play a, too many video games. But too many. there's a, po- a couple points in the game where the robot, the mech, Says, all right, I'm gonna throw you, and mm-hmm. does fastball special. Really? Call it fastball special. No, they don't. Good. They don't. Good because but I, I thought, sue them. I thought so quick. Special. It was really. That would, cool. would be great. Did, did Did you play? This is what I'm talking about because now I want to know about because the first the problem I had with the first Titanfall was that there was really no storyline. Yeah, yeah. And I am I'm 40. How old are you guys? 35. 30. Okay. How old am I? I have no idea. 34. 33. So 34. we're all you guys. I'm 33. Me. You're right. 
But I remember but like I playing know. games with like multiplayer was never my bag. Nope. And now when I tried to play the first Titanfall, like literally a twelve year old oh, killed yeah. me. It's They're the awful. worst. Every two seconds, and then I would try and get up again, and they would just kill me. So I, I really don't play. There should be like a I place for cooperative with. Anyone. Yeah, it's okay. horrible. It's like normal adults who don't want to be insulted can yeah. just play. Right. Like, hello, chum. I'm playing. Yeah. Are you good? <laughs> I am well. I had like work a, today. Like a social club. Right. Yeah. Kind of, they actually do have that set up for Titanfall 2. Like, I can set up my own club, okay. and then people can join oh, it, that's and cool. it's, we could just keep it sort of together. Okay. But then I'm we'll probably, yeah, face off against 12-year-olds and get our faces murdered. It's just blown away. It's horrible. It's terrible. Yeah. It's really anyway, back to the comic. Uh, what's her name? <laughs> Madeline Pryor. Yeah, Madeline Pryor, the uh, Goblin Queen. And she is wearing a skimpy little number. That's what It's amazingly not the skimpiest number she's worn. This is true. Yeah. And I love the Banff thing that yeah. she has with her. It's got nightcrawler's colors but it's a demon and it's wonderful even like the brood. even the hands yeah, yeah. like nightcrawler it's so good it's like a mix between nightcrawler and a brood alien yeah night brood that's uh, some continuity night stuff though right there right if yeah. you know that the bamps were demons like that's pretty cool yeah. uh so in here we've got two things going on the team is split you've got cyclops and beast they're facing off against demons that we find out are within their mobile home mm -hmm. which is like a Doctor Gotta Who get those check thing. Got to get that sprayed. Yep. Uh, they're facing off those demons, and then you've got the rest of the team facing off demons outside. Uh, lots of explosions and lots violence of and craziness. Lots yeah. of tentacles. Yeah. Uh, so many tentacles. It's a good yeah. time for everyone. Yeah. Uh, Who and doesn't then enjoy tentacles? The kids come together. They realize that the problems uh, can be defeated, but they haven't figured it all out yet. Very exciting stuff. Over in the world of Amazing Spider-Man, Renew Your Vows, number one. We got the legendary Jerry Conway writing the main story here with Ryan Stegman. The worst. Yeah, we hate Ryan Stegman. Why do you, why do you hate Ryan he's Stegman? He's just the he's, – he's, I mean, he's a brilliantly talented artist. Yeah, this is uh, actually tra – like, He's tragic personality. He's on some next level in this issue. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. so good. He does a really stupid. good job. He's got uh, Sonya Oback coloring him. And uh, the first – story in this issue there are three we see spider-man in the renew your vows universe uh contending with the scorpion beautifully redesigned by ryan stegman uh and then basically getting a call to go home because because the bone zone yeah, is the bone it. zone beckons yeah the bone zone is beckoning um but by the time he gets home his daughter has gotten up to shenanigans with the turtle yep. and some web Locking shooters. The bone zone. No good. Children Locking again. Ch again, children are. That's why I don't have kids, man. Yeah, that, I live in the bone zone. That's the reason. <laughs> Living in the bone zone. Man, I just live there. It just sounds some... like an amazing '80s song. Living in the bone <laughs> zone. Uh, Another T-shirt idea. Another T-shirt. Yep. Living is living in the bone zone. Living in the bone zone. <laughs> this week in Marvel podcast. But it can't be living. It's got to be L I V I N. Whatever. Very yes. Yes. Hundred apostrophe. Right. You know an apostrophe. She right. was born like after yeah. apostrophes were cool. <laughs> so she you know what an apostrophe is? You don't know how an apostrophe is. They, cool, don't, they don't even she knows use apostrophes. I know. Like yes. now everything's proper grammar. Back in the day, you weren't cool unless you had an yeah, apostrophe. Exactly. Man. And when a Z were instead of an S. Yeah. Impossible. The boys. Oh, uh, yeah. There's no. Should we do an S instead of the Z in Bone Zone? Ooh. That would be pretty bold and daring. Meanwhile, back in Bone this comic, uh, this Spider-Man is married. He has a daughter. Yeah. He so goes if on you adventures. if you missed it, it's it's a picking up where the Secret Wars series, Amazing Spider-Man: Renew Your Vows, left off. He seems happier. He, I think he is. He's more centered. He's grounded. He's not crying about everybody dying. He's, yeah. not, he's not trying to save lives. He's like just chilling with his family. He's, he's just, not trying to save lives. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, he's got that thing where he's just like, I'm not. 
not letting anybody die. And it's like, here it's geez, like, dude. Eh, you know, I got to like, pancakes hey, with my kid if someone's dying. Right. That happens. They fight a monster uh, from the Mole Man's realm. Mary Jane has her own costume, yes. which we learn more about in the backup story. It looks very cool. Uh, the daughter also has Annie has her own costume, which again we learn about in one of the backup yeah, yeah, stories. Yeah. The whole lead story was really cool, but I love the backup story. Oh my gosh, yeah. these were awesome! The Earnest Adventures of Spider Dad. That was the best by Anthony Holden. Wasn't that one great? That was, was so great. It was just Spider Man. Hanging out with his daughter, uh, getting Sandman to babysit. It's got like a Chris Eliopoulos vibe to Very it, much so. which makes me super happy. Yeah. I want more Chris Eliopoulos in all our comics. Yeah. So this guy, who did that? Chris Holden? Yes. Um, Anthony way. Holden. Anthony Holden. Anthony Chris Holden. <laughs> there's no Chris in his there's name. There's no Chris in his That's name. That's fair. Great work. <laughs> but yeah, that was awesome. And then there's another backup story called Make It Work, written by Kate Letts from Patsy Walker Hellcat, art by Marguerite Sauvage. Sauvage? How do you pronounce Sauvage? it? Sauvage. It's very French. Um, that Marguerite Sauvage. It's featuring Mary Jane and Annie May. They are at the, I, I'm led to believe that. MJ a, owns a, yeah, a boutique. And MJ owns a boutique. She is toying with her costume. Annie is toying with her costume. The rhino shows up. They deal him a humiliating defeat, mm. uh, an especially humiliating defeat. Mm. Then they have ice cream. It's just a fun, feel-good comic. This yeah. is just good, old-fashioned comic booking by one of the best in Jerry Conway. It made me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Totally. Also making me feel all warm and fuzzy inside, Avengers 1.1, written by Mark Wade, art by Barry Kitson. These guys have done great work together in the past. And what they're doing here is they're telling a story that fits into the history of the Avengers. Specifically here, it is Cap's kooky quartet forming for the first time. Um... We have the original Avengers taking on the Masters of Evil and then figuring out that they're just too busy to remain Avengers, except for Captain America, who they basically dissed. The like, best is really like, well, Cap, you have nothing else going on. They say specifically in this issue, they go, we can't continue to be Avengers because our personal lives are holding us back. But you, Captain America, have no personal lives. You have no friends well, they're or right. Yeah, No, they're not wrong. They're right. It's But, you know... Soften the but blow a little bit. I don't understand what their main point because I this is one of the ones I didn't get to read. No, no, please. Um, Ask away. So what is the, their point? What are they saying? That they want to go see a movie? They're saying. <laughs> like, what What do they have to do that's so more important? At this point in their lives, I think Iron Man had a bunch of things. Go, he was, like, dealing with probably like some sort of Thor, Thor had uh, problems in Asgard. Yeah. Iron Man had stuff at Stark International. Hank I don't. And, Hank and Janet uh, well, just Well, you guys are really selling them short. You made yeah. it seem like they just wanted to chill in the park. Well, that's it. how they put it. That's how they. I, I will quote. Give me a quote. We're, we're too fractured, Cap. None of us, including Thor, have the bandwidth. Great business word uh to give this team the focus it deserves and that's on us that's why we have faith in you the avengers is your personal life yeah. if anyone can maintain the standards we've set it's captain america see iron man is just opening the kimono there. <laughs> yeah. really... that's a real passive aggressive yeah. stuff yeah, right there oh, yeah. wow i mean they really laid Super it on passive aggressive. yeah but then hawkeye quicksilver and scarlet witch show up they have a press conference hawkeye's right. a total jerk he calls cap old a bunch of times uh they the reporters. Why is he, he just shooting an arrow in his eye? <laughs> right, <laughs> right. That seems to be the solution to all the Hawkeye's problems. <laughs> no, very topical. Not happy with um, it. Uh, the re the reporters get all. 
bent and out of shape because Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver were terrorists. I mean, which is reasonable. You can't, you can't argue with them. Also, they have like no, they have no nothing to combat this. They they're basically just like uh, Scarlet Witch. You take an oath to subjugate humans, and Captain America's just Captain America's vice is Wanda vent your anger in private. She yeah. has nothing to say. Yeah. Uh, well, what year does this take place? This. Well, it's in the sliding continuity, it's right. sort of, it's Because that's like, that's like a 1940s man right there. <laughs> like, like talking to a well, woman, like, go deal with that in no, private, no, woman. No, no matter. No matter right, Sniggles? No matter what. Like they don't give her a mic. The be- like the old times. <laughs> the beauty of it is, no matter what time period we're in, Captain America is always a 1940s man. Right. It's always that it's man. He's got to update his politics. So you can't be talking to Scarlet Witch like the, that. Uh, the Frightful Four see this going on. They're like, you know what? We could really make a name for ourselves by defeating the Avengers. They decide they're going to take on the Avengers. What a weird team. Like, the I forget about Four. them all the time. Love the Frightful Four. Yeah. Another appearance for Sandman in this week's comics. Yeah. Sandman's all over the place. It's a renaissance. Yeah. He was just on Staten Island, right? <laughs> In, uh, in I live on Staten Island, okay. so uh, Spider Woman, like the last issue, oh, they yeah, were on yeah, Staten yeah, Island, yeah. and he went, yeah. Marvel has a weird history with Staten Island, man. I meant to talk to someone about it today. Like they slam it a lot. Yeah. Spider Man's always slamming on it. I don't like it. That's fair. But they said they had a gorgeous beach in, in Spider Woman yeah. last week, so I was pretty happy with that. But I still want to talk to someone about that. I think you should. I remember being 16 years old, going to a punk rock show in Staten Island, and in the a, caves, uh, the joint. The joint, okay. And uh, a some skinheads got into a fight mm-hmm. with some anarcho punks. As they will, and that just you know, I was like, okay, cool. This is what this place doesn't is happen about. that often. No, that, but this when was, it does happen, this was <laughs> look out. You got to look out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyways, uh, the Avengers wrap this issue by losing to the Frightful Four. Yeah, and who knows what that means for this newly formed team? Who knows? Unless you know your continuity. If you know your continuity, you have a pretty good right. idea. All right, still me. Black Panther, World of Wakanda, number one. This was something. Oh, my gosh. This was something great. Did you get a chance to read this, Brian? This one I didn't because I'm one issue behind on the series, so I didn't want to jump ahead. Well, I'm going to spoil everything for you. Yeah, I guess I should have thought of that. It's basically (laughs) the first story. It's a great series, though. Yeah, the first story, which is written by Roxane Gay, uh, with consulting by Ta-Nehisi Coates and art by Aletha E. Martinez, is about the Midnight Angels who we've met in the pages of Black Panther, how they became Dora Milaje, how they came together personally. I love that somewhere right in the beginning it's like this is how you pronounce dora mulaje oh really like, yeah there's a there's a phonetic i just know i just know how to pronounce it normally yeah. so that's good that. it's, yeah. just, it's here that's on the why very get... first page it's uh, yeah you're right somewhere in here it says dora mulaje it's where... real, literally right in the beginning here yep. which dora is great, mulaje so now you guys know how to there's no excuses anymore exactly you know how to pronounce it but uh yeah this is introducing us to io and aneka um along with some other characters just great stuff where aneka was the captain who was supposed to be training Ao, and um, I hope I'm pronouncing those right. I mean, there's no pronunciation no, guide. There's, there's no guide there. Any You're of on these your names, own, I'm on my own. Um, but no, she's teaching her. They have this weird t- teacher-student dynamic where Io is very willful, and Aneka wants to kind of humble her, but she will not be humbled. It's just really good interpersonal stuff. There, you get good action uh, as they're training. You get basically a cool look inside the door melage oh, yeah. and stuff like that these are women that captain america would not talk <laughs> oh, down to captain america would get his shield thrown yeah. in his face by these ladies yeah uh, and love quick. maybe blooms in the heart of uh, combat yeah well that's the thing is they're fighting each other with these pointy sticks but at the same time they're loving each other with 
the pointy yeah. sticks of their minds. Yeah, I was going to say, they haven't, of their any, hearts. <laughs> they haven't gotten that far yet. No, That's they're how not I met my two story. last girlfriends. Yeah, <laughs> pointy stick fighting. Yes. Um, but we, we also get, you know, I, like I said, we get, we get a look inside the door of We see how kind of the politics work, how the assignments are given out. Um, so you have this great personal story of these two women, but also this overall unfolding story of these characters who have, you know, been classic Black Panther supporting characters, never really had the spotlight put on them. Uh, this is set just before it's, it's actually in the middle of Avengers versus X-Men as we see, yeah, which I thought was super cool. It's really like cool. Couching it and how really cool they fit into the history that led to where we are in the current. Yeah. We've got Namor and the Atlanteans basically embedding themselves in Wakanda so they can try to take it over. When again, the story of these two Dora Milaje along with their comrades kind of gets weaved in and out. We see the initiation ceremony. We get to see Shuri, lots of cool stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm not doing nearly enough credit with my summary, but it's really, really good. And then there's a back, up called The People for the People, written by Yona Harvey and Tanahasi Coates, art by Afua Richardson, colors by Tamara Bonvillain, and that's the origin of Zenzi, who is another great character. She's uh, ostensibly the villain in Black Panther, although she has antagonist is what yeah I antagonist say. is actually a much better word for it because she has a really good. interesting point of view. Yeah, nice job. That was good. Nice job. No hand gestures all, though. Oh. If I had any room for improvement, yeah, some nice hand gestures. There you Ant- go. Antagonist. Yeah. All nice. right. I think I think that those voices actually put the hand gestures through the microphones, <laughs> if uh, if possible. But yeah, great origin is Enzi. Great story. I'm super excited about this series. I want to learn all about Wakanda. Yeah. I'm excited for the Dora Milaje story to continue next issue, and also to see more of the characters get a spot. What happens if you guys read a comic that you didn't like? That's never happened. Yeah. Okay. So a hundred percent output. Yeah. You guys. Are, are, are you going to sit here on the mics? Like. There's always something, I something I positive you can from. find. Got yeah. where you're coming from already. Yeah. All right. On to Captain so America. So if we were just, if we were like, oh, it's the Clone Slug Saga, you guys would be like. You know what? I that was really creative. Yes. I, by the way, I happen to love the Clone Slug. Yeah. I'm just one of those. I, I, it's just the go-to when people like to like rip on it. Yes. No. Yeah. There's parts of uh, the Clone Saga that I like. What part didn't you like? <laughs> you know. Back in then, I wasn't really reading too much, and I think that's what uh, it was. Like, okay. I just I didn't see. really get into it. Trying to trap you guys. Yeah. Uh, Captain America, Can't Steve Rogers, number seven, up next. Um, we've got this tells more of the rewritten history of young Steve Rogers. Now, him as a, uh, a school kid, you know, is maybe like 14, 13, somewhere in mm-hmm. there. Something uh, along those dealing lines. with. Dr. Faustus, who in this situation is called, like, I don't know, Dumbutt or whatever it is. Yeah, Dr. Dumbutt. Yeah. Good um, code name there. I forget what he's called in here, but he's, he's you know, he's weaved into this now, so we're getting a little bit further into Rogers' life. Uh, we're getting to see a lot more of what Red Skull is doing, Red Skull is planning, and all the awful stuff he has got planned. He is... You think he's going one way, then he goes the other way, but all the same thing. It's just one like well, it's never a good way if you're the red skull. Nazi road. You're, you're he's a, just you're, like you're still a Nazi with a red face at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, neat little team up between Black Widow and Captain America in here. Uh, Sokovia shows up, so mm. you know that's pretty neat. But really, it's awesome development for seeing young cat, young Steve Rogers. Very interesting things with Steve Rogers behind the scenes nowadays. And then a huge thing at the end, which we're going to see a lot more of as mm-hmm. we go forward in the series. But, like, I think a bunch of you are going to go, wait, 
what just happened. And I thought it was super cool. I remember hearing about it. I'm dancing around it because we don't want to spoil it too mm-hmm. much. But I remember hearing about it at the last creative retreat. And I was like, that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. That that turn of events is really cool. Very much so. Yeah. Turning events continue in the clone conspiracy number two, Dead No More. It's an amazing Spider-Man event. I love this event. Written by Dan Slott, pencils by Jim Chung, inks by John Dell, colors by Justin Ponzor. When we last left off, we had this is amazing. Sp- yeah, we yeah. had Spider-Man face. Amazing, good choice of words. There you go. We had. So uh, I'll do that all day. We had. We all had, day. I'll do that. We had Spider-Man facing off with the return Doc Ock, which we pick up in this issue, but we also see another return, that of Scarlet Spider. Kane, he's back after being surrendering himself to the other in uh, Spider Verse. I have a question. Hey, please. You guys know where this is going, right? You were on the uh-huh. tree. You already know it ends. Yeah. So I, I, I got to get a way to get this out of you because Ben Riley is one of my favorite characters mm, ever. Is he now? Love him. You love the Clone Saga. You said that. I told you. And Ben yeah. Riley is- uh, He's your spider He's my- well, Peter Parker is everybody. But yeah, he is- I would not have been upset if they had kept him kept as Spider-Man. Kept him that way. Love Just him. full hoodie all the time. Like, love it. Love yeah. it. I have these statues that they made in France of him. It's like a bust of him. Like oh, they love, him. love Ben Riley in France. I'm a, he's huge of him. He's like Jerry he's, Lewis. They're going like off. Yeah. <laughs> in Germany. It's crazy. Do you know who Jerry Lewis is, Amanda? Okay. Who All is right. he? I think she's just saying it. Yeah. yeah. We, we always have this check with the interns because yep. sometimes they're just like, generational no check. Jerry Lewis yep. is big, though. He's still alive, too. Is he? Yeah, he's still going. Good he's like for 93. him. Hey, good for him. So, you guys, you want to just drop me a wink if we're going to see? Nope. Uh, you can't Nothing. do anything. No. Because I like the Kane story. Kane's there. The Kane storyline yeah, in Skull Spider was fine in, in Texas, right? He was there? Yeah. yeah. Houston. But, Houston. Man. Houston, as we say. No one says oh, but that. I would have enjoyed it more if it was if it's been. Right. That's fair. No, this whole story is called the clone conspiracy. No, but they've really been avoiding him. Really? I like that. I like the way you said "really" because really? I was like in my face, like you're going to be wrong soon. <laughs> and That's you're just see that could just be Ben. That's just my attitude. Yeah. Um, mm. Back back at the uh, headquarters of New U, like I said, Spider-Man taking on Doctor Octopus. Uh, Doc Ock reveals to Spidey. What is the the circumstances regarding behind his coming back? Classic Ock. He's just like, this is all the things I did. He, he danced around he, with his tentacles. He monologues the hell out oh, of this so scene. So good. Um, then why do they have to bring him back in the fat body? Well, if you read, uh, like, if I was coming back, I'd be like, I don't know, <laughs> yeah. like maybe just shave a few if pounds. If you read off. the last issue of Amazing Spider-Man, yes. there's actually a whole explanation for why he's in this body again. Why? Wow, right. What was the explanation? It was basically like we can only they could only clone his body from the last moment that he was healthy. Right. But so. they they do uh, to his point they do say hey we can get rid of like diseases right. or yeah. different genetic things. So we're, we're so we're saying you can get rid of obesity. Maybe they can get right. rid of a couple extra pounds. I don't know, man. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a genius geneticist. I don't Ugh. know. I mean, fixes eyesight, so it works. isn't into those glasses. Yeah. I mean, uh, I know he's got like that's the glasses I think for that's, style. That's pure style. Well, well, somebody's got to be. Did somebody say his style is a disease in itself? Yeah. yeah. All right. I do have to say, when Doc Ock uh, lets Spider-Man know that he's been spying on him the whole time as the living brain, the robot, this is one of my favorite moments in a while. It was just so snarky. He just goes, would you care for a tasty beverage? Yeah. Which is, of course, his tagline. Uh, but the Jackal puts a stop to all this, actually has Electro and Rhino apologize. He wants to win Spider-Man over. He wants Spider-Man on his side. 
He has a very unorthodox way of doing it. He shows him, like, hey, I brought the lizard's wife back. That's nice. But then also brought a bunch of your, like, D-list villains how, back. How do you think that is going to make Spider-Man feel I cool? love that. It gives them their costumes and weapons. Yeah. Right? Like, he just, he just opens, opens a room. Like, make right. them look presentable. Isn't Stiltman in there? Stiltman is right he here. Which built the stilts <laughs> yeah. for him. They built the, he built the Stiltman yeah. oh, suit for him. Oh, you were exploded by Punisher, but here, right. we're, we're going to make you Here, okay. we've got a spare Stiltman suit. And then, <laughs> I, Why don't they bring Wolverine back? Yeah, that's, a good, that's a good question. Why he should be like, yeah, give me my friends back. Thank you for this room full of my enemies, yeah. all in their costumes, brandishing <laughs> weapons at me. Some of them is there another room my of my friends? Ones. Yeah, but then they, we have a nice little moment with J. Jonah Jameson and his resurrected wife. Then that's when Spidey's allies show up: Captain Stacy, Gene DeWolf, the Prowler, Doctor Kafka. I didn't even know Doctor Kafka died. We read so many comics, a lot of comics. Um, but they're all back, and there's. There's something amiss with yeah. Gwen Stacy. Great twist. Love that. Love I didn't did see not that expect coming. that. that I did not see that great. coming at all. Yeah. Um, there's a great Gwen Stacy twist. I love that twist. the barriers between the universes are now that. that it's thing. just an open door now. They it's can basically, just, it's paper. Her and Jessica Drew just hanging out. Yep. Now she's over here doing missions for, yep. for the, no reason. That's awesome. I, that, I mean, what he just said probably spoiled It's okay. The twist, if you don't know, you don't know. If you don't if you know, know, you don't know. know. And if you know, you know. Have, read oh, this God. Read this comic. I can't be responsible for anybody out there who hasn't read this yet. There's another twist at the end where Kane is not working with Peter Parker and his reveal of why he's not working with Peter Parker is a mind blower. Totes. All right, on to Daredevil number 13, written by Charles Soule, art by Ron Garney, colors by Matt Mia. Uh, this is part four of Dark Art. And I think I say this every time we get a new Daredevil issue, this is my new favorite issue of the series. <laughs> this one is told from uh, Blind Spot's perspective. Uh, Sam Chung, who... He's, it's really like him dealing with Muse, who is mm-hmm. the serial killer, mm. uh, awful Nasty dude. customer. And it's mm. really Blindspot trying to think about how he fits into the superhero world, into Daredevil's world, into this thing of fighting super criminals. Why is he doing it? There's a, just really great stuff getting into his mind and seeing him be an awesome right. superhero. And our official This Week in Marvel stance on serial killers is we do not like we, them. You know what? I'm going to be I real. Know in the past, we've taken bold stances on Nazis. Yeah. On, a, on election again, day, I'm going to say I do on, not like serial killers. On a killers. day where you're going to hear a lot of promises that aren't going to get kept, we here at This Week in Marvel... Speak the truth. Yeah. Don't like serial killers, huh? Yeah. No, don't like serial All killers. serial killers? All, like I, your Dexters? Blanket. You're not a, you know, no. like, like a serial killer for good? I don't believe there can be such a thing. But Wait, the, what about Punisher? So the There's Punisher, not, yeah. considered a serial killer? Not, he doesn't kill serially, does he? He kills sure. pretty, pretty erratically, actually. Wow, this has flipped the script on us. If you're he a might serial, be a mass murderer, then. I, that, that's a different thing. So oh, your yeah, position on mass murderers is soft. This is on mass murderers is you gotta, you gotta, you know, it's right. case by case. Okay, got it. Um, I, like, I, I like vigilantes. You know? yeah, 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 vigilantes. All right. Definitely. Um, all right, back to the book that we get to see Muse sort of pulling out more of his crazy stunts and going to his plans. He's about to do some art, which means cutting up and murdering people. I would like if he put on the band Muse to yeah. do his Big, booming, you yeah. know, like stadium rock, yeah. for I sure. look up the difference between serial killer and mass murder, because <laughs> no. I feel it's a, it's a fine line, and I don't, I don't really get reception. It's in a fine line we're walking. Could you look up the difference between serial killers and mass murderers? Yeah, please. <laughs> Thank you. Right. Uh, but History will prove me right on Blind this. Spot. I'm not disagreeing with you, I, for my own edification. Uh, yeah. Blindspot may be in over his head. Uh, Daredevil does not really show up in this issue. It's a terrific terrific issue if you're not reading this i think get the last four of this and and just binge on some daredevil it's really good 
Okay, sweet. Is your watch the back to the, the DeLorean? Uh, Why, yes, it is. Isn't that very nice. That's excellent. All right, what we have here is I'm going to try and follow the format you guys have done. Mm-hmm. Uh, is a Deadpool back in black, uh, written by my uh, my buddy Colin Bunn, who uh, who I just love. That you ever meet him? Oh, oh yes. great! He's guy. like the sweetest guy in the. In the whole world. is the man. He's very handsome as well. Oh, yeah, uh, really handsome. Salva Espin, who's the artist. Uh, Ruth Redman is a colorist. And uh, VCs, see you got there an apostrophe. Uh, <laughs> Joe Sabin. pointing Saban. out the apostrophe yes. to uh, Amanda, for those of you who can't right. see. Right, as a letterer. Uh, do you need a, you need a cover, cover artist as well? You got Salva Espin and Guru EFX. That's good. That's some name. <laughs> All right, so this is you guys been reading this. This is great. Oh, yeah, I yeah, love this series. Yeah, yeah. Basically, this is taking place uh, way back in the day. I, is it supposed to be the eighties? Yeah, yeah, definitely supposed right. to be the eighties. And uh, and it takes place right uh, after Spider Man got uh, lost the, uh, the symbiote, and Eddie Brock got it. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there was a little spot where Deadpool had it, um, and he's running around Manhattan like that when he runs into Black Cat, who thinks it's Spider Man. Yeah. And uh, as she's all such, like ready to roll. Ready she's to roll. like, take she's off bone zone. Clothes. She's, she's ready to bone zone. zone. Yeah. So the bone zone is open for business in her mind. Yeah. That's and right. Deadpool, to his credit, is like, hey, I'm not who you think I am. L- this would not be right. Great. Guy. He's really yeah. fighting. He's a, he's a good guy. <laughs> he struggles with that every other page. <laughs> but uh, he makes the right. He makes choice. the right choice, which shows you that he may be a serial killer or a mass murderer. Do we know yet? Okay, but uh, he is definitely not a rapist, um, which is good because uh, he runs into. That's great. Yeah, I mean that's that's a that's a benefit. That's a plus. Yeah. The white rabbit who it comes in here because she's hot. I'm sorry, <laughs> attractive, <laughs> and uh, dressed like a rabbit, which is a, just adorable. And uh, the record, he is apologizing to our intern. Amanda. Yeah, I don't. Do I have to apologize to, for that? I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what you kids today find offensive. Yeah, um, not apologizing to Blake. So a, no, like he boy, staunch, he's right there with me. Staunch feminist. Yes. Well, I mean, you could say that women are attractive, still, right? You can't not. I don't know, man. I don't. You could certainly say more. fictional characters are attractive, right? I, I'm married. I don't try any of this. Okay. Well, you could say your wife is attractive. Absolutely. Okay. Well, there she you is. go. You are, honey. There you go. <laughs> uh, so he gets I'm into just a kidding. fight. She never listens to this. With uh, white, uh, with uh, the listen, her bunnies get mutated by aliens. Now you got space alien rabbits attacking Deadpool. <laughs> He's got a symbiote that's kind of acting like a jealous little um, symbiote. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because apparently the symbiote doesn't like when you mention Spider-Man's name. Yeah, it, it, it's burned. It's been burned, it's been burned. by Spidey. Right. Yeah. Uh, we got Killer Thrill who Killer showed Thrill up. who's been showing up lately. Yeah, well, yeah. just intro- cre- co-created, I guess, by uh, CM Punk, yep. Colin Bunn, um, showed up in Drax. Drax, which is so much fun. That's that serious. Was a great book. Yeah, yeah, um, and they got they got uh, what's his name? Uh, Terry Planetary in there. <laughs> Planetary. How great was that? That was that they awesome. Managed to get the new and improved. Uh, Cullen is my favorite. I know this is going to be, but his version of Deadpool is my favorite version of Deadpool because mm-hmm. he's slightly psychotic, although he played that down here. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know, man. It's just a big fight between uh, Deadpool wearing the symbiote and uh, and aliens and rabbits and uh, black cats slinking <laughs> around trying to hit the bone zone. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty awesome. It's a really it's great. great summary. You're yeah. good at this, man. And okay. the ending... Yeah, is the a return someone of a classic villain yeah. in his classic form. Yeah, so I was very excited about that. Totally. See how I didn't spoil that for anybody? No, that very was good. brilliantly done. Yes. Yeah. All right. Up next is Gwenpool number eight. Gwenpool the Unbelievable, Unbelievable. Uh, written by Christopher Hastings, art by Goody Hiru. 
Uh, all the art by Guru Hero. Mm-hmm. They take it over, uh, which it is all. great. Love them so much. They are terrific. Gwenpool is facing up against cops. She's facing up against these weird calamari-looking yeah. uh, alien dudes. Um, she's basically the leader now of this of this the Murk, Murk crime organization. Yeah, the Merc group. Uh, wonderful moment where uh, you know the, it's down a little downtime between the different missions and Gwen is walking around their secret base and she meets up with um, Sarah, a.k.a. the Terrible Eye, mm-hmm. who's out of her part of her costume mm-hmm. and is a little bit more normal. There's just this really wonderful scene with them talking through things and sort of getting some behind the scenes of who these characters are because mm-hmm. these, you know, we've got three new characters in this book uh, plus Batroc the Leaper who shines. A delight. He is... Why is he, a, is he a good guy in this? They're not good guys, he's, but they're not. He's uh, a protagonist. Yeah. As opposed to being an antagonist. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, I call him that. Very but nice. there's this really wonderful section where Gwen is telling uh, her plan how to take down these aliens to the rest of the team. And it's drawn in a different style, which is more like in her mind how mm-hmm. she sees it all going down. I like w- how snooty this guy is. Oh, yeah. Well, he's the prime minister of France or the UN representative uh. of France. So. You know, the worst. Uh, there's wonderful stuff going on. This is the second shot of France you guys have I taken. I, I think you're going to offend people if you keep going. France is have, a wonderful country. And we do have I, French listeners. Yeah. yeah. And I went to Loyal France this ones. year. It was great. It I went was. to France a couple years ago. Well, there would be no United States without France. It's true. Like, they, they stuck up for us back it's in the true. day when we needed it. Yeah, so that's I, true. I, gotta, I saw Hamilton. Oh, did you? How was it? It was great. My buddy saw it like three times. I don't, I don't know. Um, but there's this wonderful moment where D- Gwen is going through her plan. Everything seems to be going right until everything goes completely wrong, and it's wonderful. Yikes. I love this book so much. It's great. Okay, uh, I have the definition. I know we're running out of time. I'll go through go. this really quickly. But a serial killer's murder of three-plus people with cooling-off periods in between independent <laughs> events. Psychologically, psychologically, psychologically psychological reasons enjoy killing typically mm-hmm. so is the punisher that or is the punisher a mass murderer kills large numbers at one time no the, the punisher is a serial killer usually <laughs> kill themselves after dissatisfied individuals with poor social skills is this from wikipedia that is some top-notch yeah good research i would that say work he there. good research falls into either of them he's just a extremely he's just violent, a fun-loving vigilante. guy I think he leans towards serial killer guys I, I mean i know we all love him but but he's definitely blown up like bars full of criminals. Before. But then he so stops. That's, that's the thing. I don't know. He a never mass stops. murder. That's what, that's Punisher, a serial killer. The Punisher the never, never stops. ends. That's what I'm saying. If he was a mass murderer, he would have stopped after Re- he blew oh, up the bar. You got it. He keeps going, making him a serial killer. And the and his serial behavior is that he hates criminals. Right. So you know what? I think you're right. I think we have to classify the Punisher as a serial yes, killer. That's yes. not an official designation by Marvel Entertainment. So that there is you just, go. <laughs> that is just some <laughs> random chit-chat here on the show. Got it. Got it. Okay. Love our random chit-chat. Yes. Uh, all right. Who am I? You're what up next. Oh, Invincible Iron Man. Now, I got to be on. All right. Brian Michael Bendis wrote it. I mean, this is on everybody's lips, this book. Uh, I, I don't know what the credits page is. I don't know how to help you here. Okay. Stefano Caselli is the artist. Marte Garcia Garcia is a color artist and VCs again. Uh, Clayton Cowles is a letter. Now, this was loaded because I was hoping I was going to like this mm-hmm. because I know there's a lot of there's a lot of controversy about this one. Uh, but I, I can tell you, it's pretty freaking good book, man. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Wasn't sure what to make of it. Um, you know, we you know the unfortunately we you know the, just because the delays in uh, Civil War Two, we didn't know really how Tony Stark was no, going to fit into this. 
you the answer is on the last page of this book you know exactly how to and it's pretty imaginative man it's it's pretty great yeah um so i mean just going i know we're running out of time here but you you, you meet riri as a kid then you see her flying around in, in an ugly ugly iron man outfit <laughs> that is not gonna last why well, this is i love it because this is the sort of the marvel origin in a way of riri williams you see like the the tragedy that mm-hmm. inspired who she is and what she does yes. in addition to like she's different she's all these things, like all the makeup for her comes together in this origin issue. It's fantastic. She's so likable yeah. in a way um, that I haven't seen a character get introduced this likable since Miles, mm. who I loved instantly. And, you know, this this one nailed it. Like uh, another, another Bendis creation. Bendis, yeah. Bendis is, is, is doing well with this. And I know there's a lot of politics surrounding this and whatnot that people get hung up on. I'm here to tell you it's not at all necessary. It's a great book. Tony Stark figures, is going to figure into it prominently. Character's great. The action's wonderful. The art's fantastic. I'm giving it, I mean, an A+. Plus. Guys, do we, <laughs> we rate it? We don't give ratings, but that's... Uh, I'm going to give it an A+. Plus. <laughs> I, that's our first A+, plus in yes. the history of in this week history, in Marvel. I did want to ask you, Ben. There's a yes. character, a villain who shows up in here. Okay, you're going to have to flip to... Yeah, okay, is what that an established character? It's this woman who is attacking, like, a school, uh, and Riri has to stop her. Uh, where is it? Yeah, no, she is. A, she she has been in something else. This one, this this gal. She was in. Uh, are you asking me as, as a uh, as a? Um, I just I didn't know her. I wasn't familiar. So if did you she know. get named? No, very recently was uh, got stopped by Gold Balls. Oh, oh right, yes. right. Yeah. So okay. There you go. Yeah. Animax. So, Animax. I guess that was in Ultimate Brian or Spider Man or All New X Men. All New Gold X-Men Balls X-Men. is currently in Spider Man, so that could. But it would have been in. An all new X Men issue. An old yes, because he's a, he was on. They do. They even have a flashback here to a YouTube yeah. thing. Oh, cool! Good old gold balls. Good yeah. old gold balls helping gold. us out. <laughs> Is it gold usual. ball or gold balls? Gold balls. Hopefully balls, gold balls. for him. Right. Yeah. He would, okay. He wouldn't be a very useless power if it was just gold ball. Yeah. Well, right. And then he has to go grab it and put it back. We got. Uh, are, are they made of gold? Yeah. Were they just colored gold? I think they're made of gold. No, because they bounce a little bit. Gold is pretty hard. Mm, yeah. I mean, it's a malleable metal, but it, I can't imagine. It's kind of a soft metal. Yeah. Because yeah. if, he, if he could just make gold out of thin like air, that sends track. the market into just plummets, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, dis- it disappears. Too. Yeah. The gold it, balls do not last. Yeah. That's disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot that's disappointing about Gold Balls. Uh, oh, I'm just kidding, guys. Come, on, come, come at me, Gold Balls yeah. fans. Come All right, on. let me talk about Marvel Universe Guardians of the Galaxy, issue number 14. It is adapting the episode Don't Stop Believing," written by Stephen Melching, directed by James Yang, adapted by Joe Caramagna. Now, Brian, you read this issue. I did read this if one. You, yeah. want, you want to give the quick rundown of this? I think you're better at it than, than I am. I can if you want. Yeah, but, no, uh, I'd like to hear what you have to say uh, about it. Here, I'm going to hand it over. All right, here we go. Ceremonially right. handing it over. Yes, now I have it. Uh, look, stuff's going <laughs> down in the, in, the, in the galaxy, and people have to, guard, they have to guardian it, right? We yeah, know that. Yeah, they got to guard it. Off the bat. So here... What is it? The water glyph? What, are they, what is it they're looking after? This was towards the end. You guys gave me all these books yesterday, so I read through them so quickly. Yeah. Um, look what's happening here. Groot's, Groot's reaching out to this thing. There's this thing going on there. I don't remember this as much as I thought it was going to be, guys. <laughs> that's yeah. It's adapted from a cartoon. Watch the cartoon, read the comic. It's wonderful. Did you? Yeah. The, yeah. It's, I think it's, that's all it's we got to say. All right. I liked it. Yeah. I liked that he had, he, had the, he had the scene with his dad at the end. Yeah. And you know he hates his dad, um, but he actually saves his dad being uh, being assassinated, as I recall. Yeah. That happens. Star-Lord, which I did a um, 
live with Kelly. Okay. With him, where he co-hosted. Oh wow! About three weeks ago, and they did. You know, on our show, we put the thing in your ear, and we send you out, and you uh-huh, gotta do it. Uh-huh. So he was telling me what to do, uh, Chris Pratt, and uh, his voice is handsome. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's Star Lord telling you what to do. It, yeah. It's absolutely amazing. And he's so nice. And he polite is just and the like, nicest guy. In all my interactions, he's just been kind and warm. Yeah, and he, I was like, as a joke, I was like, we should hang out, knowing full well we're never going to hang out. But he was like, yeah. He's like, we'll go hang out. Let's go hang out. I, I think and I was like, oh, like, man. Like, I think like he's going to hang out. Fun. I think you guys are going to hang out. I don't think we're going to hang out. I think you're you know going to hang out. I don't want to. I don't want to stand that. Oh, oh, good. Way to bring it full circle. There you go. All right. That's why right. you're up you're again in now. That seat. Oh, Mosaic. Okay, great. This is good. This is one. Uh, he is a he's a basketball player. He's an inhuman. Yes, an inhuman basketball player. Yes, um, who can jump around from body to body. So what the problem is is like he's getting a grasp on his powers. So he's jumping from body to body, and uh, he's getting into a little bit of trouble with that. He got shot at the end of the last issue. That's not a spoiler, right? Everybody knows. No, that yeah, they should have read it by yeah. now. That's okay, you guys should have read it. Then he's jumping into a cop. The cop's apparently a good guy, but he's acting kind of like a jerk right now. I didn't do any of the uh, artwork and stuff like that. I'm sorry, guys. You're doing great, man. I'm you trying. Have nothing to apologize for. Writer Jeffrey Thorne, artist Kyrie Randolph, colors Emilio Lopez with Andre Mosta. They double teamed on that one. Brilliant. And lettering of VCs Joe Sabino is back. The cover by Karen Grant and the variant covers uh, by Julian Tedesco Totino, which is an awesome name. Awesome yeah. name. Dude, you got to get out there with that name. Um, <laughs> He's pretty good. Basically, this this book follows him trying to basically figure out what's going on and get back to home, mm-hmm. um, and and master the body. I mean, the effects on him are, are so, so kind of cool, cool, man. Yeah. Very um, and like the idea, I love just the the concept that when he goes from body to body, he's taking experiences. And right, he takes a little bit with him. With him, right, and he's still not even fully sure where it's all coming. Like at times, it'll just like click, and he's like, wait. Wow, why do I know that? The line's it, blurring. Yeah, and it, it's cool because you're experiencing this as a reader with him, and it's a it's it's a, one of those again a classic Marvel like beginning. It feels so right. Well, you just summed it up better than I did, man. I, I like that a lot. He's he, in the end, he's trying to get back to his dad. He's a world famous basketball player. This yeah. isn't some chump off the street. No, and that, that's going to cause this guy a lot of. No, Blake Garris just Whoa. walking in. No, 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 not as I'm, handsome. I'm going to call. I'm going to yeah. Oh, call for unnecessary tall. roughness there. Yes, yeah, that's fair. So all right, go ahead, yeah. man. I, I know we're running out of time. Love that no. book. Really, really good. Feel bad. Uh, up next is Poe Dameron, number eight. Uh, written by Charles Soule, art by Phil Noto. Um, Noto's and, great, isn't he? Yeah, Noto is uh, so good. Uh, but this is um, Poe wrestling with the knowledge that someone on Metaphorically his, wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. he's kickboxing with okay. the knowledge. So kickboxing. Space kickboxing. Yeah. He's kickboxing not with the knowledge. Right. He's not like kickboxing the knowledge. The knowledge is not <sighs> taken form. It's a euphemism, man. Yeah, come on. Anyway, you're an English major. This, oh, I wasn't. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Poe uh, po knows that someone on his squad is most likely a traitor mm. to the uh, to, to their crew, to their cause, but he doesn't know who, and he su- suspects all of them. So now he's like turning himself upside down. Not BB8 though. All no. Well, we don't know. I know. No one. Well, we don't know. We all know. <laughs> it's not BB8. What if they got to BB? They're not going to be Everybody's hearts It's not happening. Um, Everyone's got a price, man. It's like Ted DiBiase always says. This was cool. There was the flashback to Jakku where they show how that star, the Star Destroyer got on the planet, the crashed Mm -hmm. one. Yeah. 
That's pretty awesome. Well, that's see, dope. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Right on. Guys, come on, guys. Bring it Just back. like friendship, on, that guys. is dope. <laughs> uh, we get to see the origins of Agent Terex, who is with the black, with the. Um, the I don't like order. him. No, he's a no. he's a no good Nick. He's an antagonist. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, he is there. You see his origins, where he was a stormtrooper, how he sort of fell out, came back to the Empire, or what happened to be the Empire, what it is now, um, all kinds of stuff. We get a great cameo by 3PO, who is just awkward and del- delightful. He's, he's awesome. Uh, a little bit of the past, a little bit of the present, and it's great. Plus, then Tarek gets in this dope armor, and I'm excited to see where it goes from there. Did you read the, the Tarkin book that's all about... Uh, Grand Admiral Tarkin. It was a novel? It's a novel. I haven't read it. No. Oh, man. But his ship in the novel that he had created for him is a carrier and spike. And that's what he's... There's a little continuity ah, between the novel and that. Yeah, nice. Yeah, he's flying around the carrier and spike. Wars. Which was stolen from him in the book. Like, it's a whole thing. So, kind of... I read cool. one of the Chuck Wendig books. Yeah, which uh, one? Aftermath, I think. Aftermath, I yeah, read. I, yeah, I, that was good. I dug the hell out of yeah. it. I just have to read more. I need Star time. Wars, man. Yeah. yeah. Star Wars. Speaking of Star Wars, Power Man and Iron Fist number 10 starts a brand new arc called Harlem Burns. It is written by David Walker. The art is by Sanford Green. The colors are by Lee Lorridge. The letters are by VCs Clayton Cowles. Um, We pick up just this great scene we pick up is a flashback that says back in the day we get high top tombstone we get all the power man iron fist villains black mr Mariah, fish old Miss, school mr. old fish. school not completely done up mr fish we get piranha we get Cottonmouth. they're all together in a gang and they're trying to come up with a gimmick so they all file their teeth so they'll be called the fang gang the greatest idea it's such a good like feet of retconning just like all these guys have these crooked weird teeth hey we have them all in a room together let's say they all file them so they could be in a gang unfortunately the gang doesn't last because of uh, black mariah and something tombstone says to her back in the present day iron fist and luke cage are trying to round up the guys who escaped from rikers during the prison break during civil war ii and tombstone is working with mr fish once again all these characters we see where they are in the present day uh power man and iron fist call a meeting of a bunch of superheroes basically say look there is this software out there that is framing people. If you have a criminal record, it's kind of like doping up your criminal record, making it look worse. So we are going to be looking into this. We're going to be trying to get the innocent free. Uh, we catch up with Piranha and Cottonmouth. Uh, they have a new ally. We get to see Senor Magico again, yes, which is always a delight. If they do a sequel to Doctor Strange, Senor Magico, Hopefully Senor Magico better be up Yeah, in major supporting cast. I will cast have room. words with myself. Yeah. In the yeah, mirror, I, complaining. And you should start with the man in the mirror. Yeah, get him to change his ways. It's Michael Jackson. Um, you know who that is? <laughs> she's she's nodding. She's nodding. She's nodding. We end with Black Mariah and I said uh, Cottonmouth and Cockroach have a new ally. These guys also have a new ally, and it's a shocking last page reveal. Yeah, we even we though it was announced, announced. We asked it, but yeah. if you if you who is don't, it? It's a character from uh, a a book. We've published, which will uh, uh, okay. has been announced mm-hmm. as an in-development television program. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It looks it's like Microchip there. when it's upside down. It's not Microchip. <laughs> I assure you. Where is Microchip? Like... When is he coming uh, back? He's definitely he's been dead, killed. Man. Well, he's been killed, but so was. He's dead many, Anymore. many years. Yeah. Then he had his son come for a while, right? Microchip yeah. yeah. Jr. Jr. Yeah, yeah that, that guy. Yep. They right. got to bring Microchip back, though. He's <laughs> awesome. All right. We'll see. Uh, up next, we've got Solo, the one-man war on terror. Number two, written by Jerry Duggan and Jeffrey Thorne. Well, I should say 
Jeffrey Thorne and Jerry Duggan. Mm-hmm. Uh, art by Paco Diaz, colors by Israel Silva. And uh, this is basically Solo going to uh, retrieve an, a deep undercover S.H.I.E.L.D. agent who is more or less running with a Sons of Anarchy crew. Yeah. As is my understanding of Sons of Anarchy. They are biker men with guns. Yeah, as we established, as, as we Boom. established at New York Comic Con, I essentially am like right out of Sons of Anarchy. Um, <laughs> is that a good thing? They're very yeah. melodramatic. Yeah. with guns though. Yes. That's, that's the thing. That's that, true. They never say in one sentence what they could say in twenty. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it is Shakespeare. Yeah, it's yeah, to, yeah. It's that is to. a good point. You're right. Uh, we've it's got, all thing. We've got this crew. That, so these dudes running guns, and they've got crazy weapons. Uh, but the shield agent is in over his head. Bad things are happening. Solo is the one uh, who was called in to bring him in, which is a bad thing because Solo is in the red file, mm-hmm. which means bad stuff. I don't think we've fully gotten to the red file, but we're leaning into it, and it does not mean that uh, people not, like not friendly uh, mm-hmm. or respect Solo. But he's doing his damnness. To, to save the day. All right. Doing their damnedest, we got Spider-Man Deadpool number 11, written by guest writer Penn Gillette. Yes, the magician. Fantastic. Uh, who came in here and did a podcast with us not long ago. Excellent gentleman. Great guy. Uh, art by Scott Coblish. Colors by Guru EFX. Letters by Joe Sabino. Uh, this story is about, well, it's about Deadpool meeting Penn Gillette in Vegas at the World Series of Poker. Uh, they have a little wager. Uh, the way it ends up going is that Penn enlists the services of Deadpool to fill in for Teller. Uh, there's a lot of fourth <laughs> wall great. fourth wall breaking on top of fourth wall breaking. There's like sixth wall breaking in this. It's, it, it's very funny, as you would expect. So Deadpool takes Teller's place in their magic act, which means that Teller goes and takes Deadpool's place patrolling around with Spider-Man, but they don't tell Spider-Man what's going on. They end up fighting Terret, one of the old uh, Hellions. Remember her? Oh, yeah. yeah. She was dope. She, she was she get killed. Yeah, but she's back. All right. She's back so here. Why can't they bring my microchip <laughs> back? Actually, she was brought back years ago. She was actually brought back in X-Force oh. a long time ago, but Blake, she's still here. Are you walking around the office at all today? Yeah. Yeah. Make sure you talk to Jake about yeah. bringing microchip, microchip. back and punishing. Yeah. yeah. Make sure all that right. gets done. Sweet. But so uh, they fight Terra, which means they do. Am I saying it right? Tarot? Tarot. Tarot. Tarot the card. cards. The I, card. Tarot cards. It's tarot? It's a, it's a word that... Tarot. Yeah, tarot. Yeah. I had problem with uh, Amanda, Tucson could you, could at one you, point. could you please look up the phonetic pronunciation of ta- it's it's tarot? Like, tarot? It's not like parrot. It's well, tarot. Yeah. Are those... Is that big with your generation? Tarot cards? Do you do tarot readings? 23. Yeah. For funsies. Sometimes. For funsies. Sometimes. Oh, you're, a, you're one of them millennials. Yeah. How's it feel? How's it going over there? Everything <laughs> all right? Okay. Yeah, so so. Yeah. Typical millennial response. Yeah. But yeah, there's a there's a lot of switches in here. It's a very funny book and uh T- Gillette does Penn Gillette does something he regrets to Deadpool because it screws up his whole act. Uh-oh. Afterwards. Nice. Very funny. Funny stuff. Delightful. Uh all right, Star Wars The Force Awakens adaptation number 6 this is the final part. Tells you uh the climactic, well, the last issue ended climactic with climax. Um, a big moment of sadness and mm. uh, upsettingness. Mm. And then here is just like the final battles, the final moments, all the... Uh, is this giving you any intensive. insight? Like, to the, of, Are there like stuff in the screenplays that weren't in, that didn't make the movie? Not necessarily. It's more, you know, little different angles sometimes. And right, looks okay. And, and, and good interpretations of what we've seen. But uh, it's very much an adaptation. Do, do they the explain film. why Princess Leia blows right past a grieving Chewbacca to hug a girl that she's never seen before in her life? Does that... <laughs> 
Does that does that come up? Uh, Let's see. Chewbacca's Let's left see. to like lift material in the background. Yeah. No, there it is right there in the comic book form as well. Yeah. They, they could have fixed that. Chewbacca, that been a Chewbacca can't catch a break no matter what medium uh-huh. we're talking about. And speaking of not catching a break, you got to yeah. be talking about Uncanny Avengers number 16, <laughs> written by Jerry Duggan, art by Pepe Larraz, colors by David Curiel, letters by Clayton Cowles. Uh, the Avengers, or the Unity Squad at least, the former Unity Squad since they've been disbanded by Steve Rogers, are in the Orient where they have been tracking down the Hand who have taken the corpse of the Hulk and resurrected it. So now we got an undead Hulk running That's around. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a great idea. It's as, exactly as fun as it sounds. One of my yes, favorite please. developments for Cable of is the this, last couple is, years is, this, is his AI that's yeah. part of his, bio, his, his cyber arm. Bell. Bell, yeah, I. That's a Jerry Duggan creation. Love it yeah. so much, and it's like she's delightful because it's she's animated and she like moves and talks and all this stuff, and she has this great personality. Yep, it's just one of those. She's little like a bombshell things. girl. Yeah, it's terrific. It's great. I love it. Cable is so in a safe house with Sebastian Shaw and Toad. Gets summoned for backup. I love Sebastian Shaw and Toad. They may be the the hidden gems of this issue. Toad is in, was just in Paris. Yeah, he gets around. He gets around. Huh? Yeah, Toad, Toad's a man of the world, you know? He's right. got well cable on your side, though. You yeah. could body slide by however many you want. But he just tried yep. to kill. All right. He just tried to kill Cyclops. Cyclops. He did. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, well, he was drunk. Through some stuff. And we've <laughs> all done stuff you know? all <laughs> human drunk. Like, you know what I mean? In France. Sniggles. <laughs> <laughs> Can you drink yet legally? Yeah, 23, oh, man. Right. Ready to go. Right, good for you. Um, We're so not promoting <laughs> drinking of any sort. No, you not at all. That's your choice. That's your choice. You're legally uh, allowed to. I was about to say obligated. <laughs> um, but Tony but, Stark couldn't handle his alcohol. Yeah. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Sometimes even superheroes have yeah. problems. Uh, Hulk is in like a samurai outfit as he's destroying everyone. It's great. Deadpool's great. Wait, Electra guest stars. So that's actually wait. They took his hands. Yeah, and then cloned them from. No, the no, hand. no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Let me let me explain. Okay. The this hand. Is interesting. The hand. Oh, the, the hand. The ninjas. ninjas. Got it. That explains the armor. Yeah, they got Hulk's body. And they brought him back from the dead, like they've done with Elektra and Daredevil. You would think and that others. that would have major repercussions across. I mean, he's uh, about to right destroy now, a whole bunch of stuff. He's about to destroy a whole uh, whole village here, and he's he's decimating right. the Avengers. But the he's next got, issue of Civil War Two has got to be about. Did you hear the Hulk's body is running around? I think this is all. Ta- this is all taking place after Civil War Two. Okay, guys. Gotcha. So, gotcha. all right, we haven't finished Civil War Two yet, but this is taking place after Doctor Voodoo has a plan. Quicksilver's involved in the plan. Uh, hopefully, as I like when Wasp says that their plan A, uh, they already used against Ultron, and they don't have a plan B. So that's great. Their great plan stuff. A was a giant Hulkbuster. Yeah, great stuff. Uh, it's 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 a fun book. It's a different kind of Avengers book. Jerry does a great job. Yeah, that's a great storyline idea, man. That's yeah. unbelievable. All right, the last Let's one. Wrap it up. All right, one more. We got Uncanny X Men number fifteen, written by again Cullen Bunn, handsome. Talented gentleman. Great head of hair. Who I love. Great dad. Uh, you know yep, what? I, he is a great dad. Jackson, his son's amazing. So is his wife, Sandy. I love the whole family. I will say this, though. <laughs> he does not have a great head of hair. No. At all. True. In not fact. A, not a was, lick of hair on I the was, head. I was testing to see if you were really oh, friends yeah. with Colin Bonner. Very this was some kind so. of long con. So angry is he about his hair loss that he took away Magneto's hair for yeah. a while. Ah, yeah. He rocks it. Yeah. He makes it work. No. I have a shirt that says Colin was right, and it's a picture of Colin's <laughs> face. I wear it on great. stage sometimes. But he is. Uh, he's uh, one of my favorite writers working today, if not my favorite. I love Colin Bunn. Um, and here we have, he's doing a great, 
great run of X-Men right now and a Magneto-led team. And as you can understand, led by Magneto. I guess I should give everybody else in the books too. Even though I don't know them. Greg Lend with a Ibrahim. Robertson. Ibrahim. Ibrahim. That's a cool name too. He's a penciler. Jay. Wow, they got a lot of people in this book. Jay Lestine with Wade Von Grawbadger. They're making these names up, right? <laughs> these names are too cool to be like real names. If I could go through life as Wade Von Grawbadger, it would be amazing. I don't disagree. Yeah, with no you. one would oh, disagree. Oh, man. No, no sane person would like, disagree. When he goes to vote, someone's just like, yeah. Yeah, good <laughs> Every job. Every part of his name You're is amazing. Well. Wade. Then Vaughn, then Craw Badger. It's, it's all good. Oh my God, I want to have his Every, kids. Everything's coming up roses for Wade Von Craw Badger. Oh my God, I'm gonna change my name to Brian Von Craw Badger. Uh, all right, <laughs> then he's there, the anchors, and David Carell with Carell, Carell, Carell with J. David Ramos, a color artist. I think all we're right. all getting out of control with the three names. Though. Takes a village. Okay, it does. Uh, so right away, like, so, so, you know, right away, Magneto's in charge of this group. So there's, there's problems everywhere. Psylocke's running around. She was recently kicked off the team. Well, kicked. She chose she, to leave no, the team. No, she quit. She quit her um, own volition. I do like the, the, the jabs at her old costume that they do in this book. It's hysterical. But she's running around sort of doing her own parallel investigation to what, to what the main X-Men team over there is doing. And she's wondering herself, am I really? Am I really just doing my own thing here or mm-hmm. am I just running Magneto's game? Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. What is not fantastic, and I mean to talk to Colin about it, it appears that she kills Sauron. Uh, no? he's, co- he's come back from worse. And her psychic knife that. isn't a blade no it's not it? no it's the totality of her psychic right abilities. but it's right through his brain though i mean that just you know maybe okay. gives him a, he- a bad headache he needs like three advil yeah all right okay he's doing great uh all right so she's running around she's fighting all over the world but bada boom bada bing who shows up Mystique. of course of course and she's been having problems lately because a new development is out every time she shifts much like mosaic mm. she shifts into Good other people back. thank you it starts. Uh, she's. It's affecting her personality. She's losing the thread of her own life a little bit. Psylocke fixes her for as a as a I guess as a favor. After though, 200 years, you got to imagine that's just yeah. get unpleasant. Uh, but of course, Mystique isn't sure if she's actually fixed. But she's like, "Hey, man, cool. We'll stop fighting and walk away." And that's that's pretty much how it ends right there. It's it's really just a book about Psylocke wandering around, wondering, wondering about her place in the universe, mm-hmm. and then fixing Mystique. It's pretty great. One-off story about Sog is great. I Very like great. It. Yeah. Like it. All our books this week were great. We got a tough, tough job now because we got to pick our twins of the week. Which ones? That's your your pick of the week. Your favorite book that you read this week. Oh boy. I'm gonna pick for mine, Black Panther. World oh, that Wakanda was mine. No, eh, suck it. I uh, got that one. All right. I really like Black Panther: World of Wakanda number one, but I, I will it. I will pick something else to uh, to contribute. Uh, Brian, if you want to go first, I, I have to sure. rethink my whole life. Well, look, I'm, I'm torn here because I, I want to give it to Invincible Iron Man, number one. I really loved the book, surprised by how much I loved it, mm-hmm. how much I liked Riri. I was into it, but like I said, Cullen's my boy, uh, and I really appreciate Deadpool Back in Black, so I'm going to go for Deadpool Back in Black. Right. You know what? I'm going to round it off by saying uh, Clone Conspiracy, number two. Oh, yeah. Nice. That is my twin of the week. Yeah, it was really close for me. I almost went with Invincible Iron Man, Yeah, but I did. Invincible Iron Man was the bridesmaid for multiple so good it was really so good, good. It was very good it was really yeah. good it's good stuff all right time for collections on sale this week we've got avengers k volume three avengers disassembled quick note i got this collection mm-hmm. last week so this is the korean um sort of adaptation uh they do in korea they do a bunch of comics in our, of our characters in 
like that style mm -hmm. and the this is an adaptation of Avengers Disassembled but it's slightly changed in places so it is like, the story of Avengers Disassembled yeah but it's super cool oh, it's cool. like Ms. Marvel is now Captain Marvel in that story okay. and like different things that they slight tweaks I was just flipping through it and the art style is awesome it's does it really, take place really cool. in Korea or here it takes place like everything is the same okay mm -hmm. um, it's just done by Korean creators okay um, I think Jim Zub did the adaptation back to English for it, it's just it's super cool. It's, it I sounds like, cool. Did you ever watch no the Clerks animated series? Yeah, yeah, the episode where yeah. where the where the where the Korean animators took over <laughs> Clerks that was really funny. Uh, we also got Civil War Two: Choosing Sides, Civil War Two: Gods of War, Deadpool v Gambit. The V is for versus. Nice Marvel Masterworks: Doctor Strange Volume Seven hardcover, Marvel Universe: Guardians of the Galaxy Digest Volume Three. Rocket and Rocket Raccoon and Groot Volume Two: Civil War, which we love. Love that. Definitely was so much check fun. that out. Uh, Runaways Volume One: Pride and Joy. Uh, if you're reading a book we talked about this week, definitely want to get yourself back in that Runaways vibe. Uh, and then Unbelievable Gwenpool Volume One: Believe It. Then I put the freshly digitized books here wrongly. Oh, good. But I'm going to read them nonetheless. Uh, these are new comics available on Marvel Unlimited. A Year of Marvels, May Infinite Comic number one, A Force number five, All New and Humans number seven, Amazing Spider-Man number twelve, Amazing Spider-Man and Silk the Spider-Fly Effect Infinite Comic number eight, Black Widow number three, Captain America, Sam Wilson number nine, Contest of Champions number eight, Daredevil Punisher Seven Circle Infinite Comic number five, Deadpool Massacre number one, Doctor Strange from the 1974 volume number 75 through 81, Doctor Strange The Flight of Bones one through four, Generation X number one through 11, and 26 through 31, Generation X Annual number one, Gwenpool number zero, Howard the Duck number seven, Invincible Iron Man number nine, Marvel Universe Avengers Assemble, Civil War number three, Moon Knight number two, New Avengers number 11, Nova number seven, Punisher number one, Rocket Raccoon and Groot number five, Runaways Saga number one, Scarlet Witch number six, Sentry Fallen Sun number one, Spider-Gwen number eight, Spider-Man 2099 number 10, Star Wars Poe Dameron number two, Storm 1996 numbers one through four, and True Believers Star Wars number one. So that's like 30-odd books, maybe, give it's or take. It's a ton of stuff added to Unlimited. Last week we had 108 issues mm. added to Marvel. No Unlimited. kidding. Yeah. You, you, read, you read them all out, 108? Uh, I tried as best as I could to condense That's them. something that special. Are you guys digging Spider-Man 2099? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, he's one of my favorite characters. I yeah. love that. Yeah. I have the statue that, that Bowen did a few years back. Oh, I haven't seen that. But uh, he's such a great character. But when are we getting back to that old old costume? Do you guys know? I don't know. What? I like no the new costume. Plans. I really, come I really on. Like it. It's functional. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not a good costume, but come you on. Like, you're, you're you like the Oh, costume. man. He found it in his closet from like a, the Day of the Dead <laughs> Festival. That, yeah. that's, that's dope, man. Yeah. That's a ghetto superhero. It is, it is a great costume. It's very iconic. The yeah. The blue and the red with the Yeah, I wonder when they're going back to it. I don't know. You never know. Because basically nothing. he's Spider-Man Iron Man now. Yes. I'm enjoying the book because I love that character. I love Miguel Harry. But, I mean, you know. It's a, classic classic about this. it's a classic costume. It's a classic costume. Talk to Blake, the Spider sure. Office. All Blake. right. I think it's Devin. I think they'll agree with me. No. <laughs> they obviously I'm don't sure, agree I'm with sure me. they will <laughs> see things your way. Sure. If yeah. not, I will stand outside on the sidewalk. <laughs> Every day, <laughs> once again, uh, until I get what I want. We On the Marvel app itself, new books we talked about already, but we also have Doctor Strange, 23 through 37, 42 and 43, 53, 55 through 58, 64 through 67 from the 70s run, as well as Power Pack, 1 through 17 from the original. Get out the original Power Packs? Yeah. I still have all of them. Bagged and board, man. They were great. Digital collections on sale this week. We it got Avengers K, book three, Avengers Assembled. <laughs> Uh, Civil War 2, Choosing Sides, Civil War 2, Gods of War, Deadpool vs. V Gambit, the V is for Versus, 
Doctor Strange Masterworks Volume 7, Gwenpool the Unbelievable Volume 1, Believe It, Marvel Universe Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Rocket Raccoon and Group Volume 2, Civil War 2, Power Pack Classic Volume 1, Power Pack Classic Volume 2, Power Pack and Cloak and Dagger, Shelter from the Storm. I don't know what that is, but I want to read it. Sounds amazing. Scorpion, Poison Tomorrow, Spectacular Spider-Man Volume 5, Sins Remembered, Spectacular Spider-Man Volume 6, Final Curtain. Yeah. It's a lot of comics. Do you guys do contests where you give away to listeners' comics? No. No. That would require a lot of legal. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, man. So if you guys are wondering why we don't give you comics, it's not our fault. Our hands are tied by legal restrictions. We still love you. We'll figure it out at some point. Someday. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Because I would like to give something away. Yeah. Yeah. We we love giving stuff away in other ways. Uh, But we'll catch that for now. Uh, I think it's time for news. And now, from Marvel Headquarters, it's This Week in Marvel News. couple of quick news singers for you guys this week. We've got a whole family of uh, books kind of erupting from Daredevil. And uh, we talked about all of them this week. We've got Kingpin and Bullseye, which were both previously announced. There's also going to be a new Elektra ongoing series uh, written by one of the writers of Marvel's Luke Cage. Netflix, a bunch of new artists shown off in all of these books should be really fun. And Marvel Pinball just added a buttload of new tables to console to uh, Xbox One and PlayStation Four. Is that the one they're on? That is currently PlayStation the, the, Four. Well, the Pro comes out on Thursday. Is that, well, this, I, I haven't pre-ordered. I don't know if I'm going to get it. I have my PlayStation Four. I got it because I got the VR, and they say it's supposed to help with the frame rate. With I haven't that. gotten the VR yet. Yeah, it's a, the Batman. It's unbelievable, dude. I don't know what You're that is. You're a Batman. I don't know. I'm not okay. Uh, the, uh, the, the another game is unbelievable. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. Uh, but that's all we got for news this week. Okay. That's fine. You just came back from vacation. Yeah, I know. I've only had a few days to create news. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, now it's time to throw it to the West Coast for the their whole section with news, yeah. as well as TwimURC. Are we announcing or are we going to let them announce? We're going to let them announce the okay. next book. So that's that's goodbye for us. That means we have to thank our guests for joining us. Oh, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. This, this is great. Fun. This you want to come back from Staten Island another time? You're welcome uh, to join I'm, us. We're usually in Manhattan like four days a week. There so I'd go. love to come back. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah man. This make make cool. it a semi-regular great. thing. Come by. Uh, read some You comics. don't have to talk me into it, man. They're great. Yeah, I'm into it. Sweet. All right. Sweet. I'll be back. Uh, where are fans going to find you on social media? Uh, I'm around. <laughs> no, I'm, around. No, uh, I'm on Twitter uh, at BQ Quinn. Uh, everything else is sort of strung from there. Okay. Easy. Yeah. Very cool. I like talking comics. People say all the time because um, they're like, why don't you answer? Like, so, you know, people just tag, tweet and whatnot. But anytime somebody sends me comic book stuff, I usually answer it. So I like it. There you go. Cool. You, you could uh, hashtag uh, original Spider Man 2099 costume. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to yeah. get it back, Use guys. Use the whole <laughs> hashtag. Hashtag <laughs> original Spider-Man 2099 costume. Right. Let's how, see how much you have about, left to write with after that. Spy, uh, how about hashtag OG 2099? <laughs> that's, a, right? that's pretty good. Okay. There you go. Yeah. OGSM? OGSM 2099. There you go. That's a, and that's a hashtag. And I'll answer you. Now that's a hashtag. Right. All right. Let's, uh, uh, that's another good t-shirt. Now that's now a hashtag. That's a hashtag. Write it down. Add it to the list. Yeah. Oh my god, um, we're gonna have a whole like like fall apparel. Yep, it'll be great. <laughs> it's gonna be great. It's gonna be wonderful. Uh, terrific. Uh, all right, thanks Q. We appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thanks for having me, John. Uh, you guys enjoy Have the rest of the show. We'll be back next next week. week. 
It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, baby. Yeah. Hello there this week in Marvelites. This is Marvel.com editor Mark Strom, joined by Assistant Editor Christine Din. Und via Stromstein. And you're joining us on the Steel Wheels tour. How would you classify that accent this time? Uh, feels pretty pretty light. No, 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 but I'm saying what, I'm oh, terrible I at d- accents, so what kind of accent did I just do there? I don't know, like a tour guide? A tour guide accent? <laughs> tour guides don't have accents. That's not Some a thing. Some of them do. Some of them do. Sure. No, I'm asking like, is it German? Is it Transylvanian? Is it Romanian? Uh, I could not place that. All right, that's fair. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's fair. You are. Uh, we're here with the latest in Marvel TV movies. What well, we got out? We got Marvel Studios Doctor Strange, of course, is in theaters today. Go doing, see it again. Doing awesome. See it in IMAX 3D. IMAX 3D theaters, theaters 3D, regular theaters. Any oh, any way you want to watch 4D. it. You can technically see it in 4D in that you'll see it and it'll be in 3D, but time will also be passing, so it's technically 4D. And you have those, like, seats that just kind of make you feel tripped out with you. Do we have any of those? Is it playing in any of those? I'm assuming there – it has to be at the IMAX in Century City. All right. All right. Yeah, the, what are those kinds of seats called? Oh, I don't know. They're like the – there's a thing. There's a term for them. It's like I a watched whole... an earthquake movie in there, and it was pretty terrifying. You saw San Andreas? Inside that 40. I don't understand how anyone living in Los Angeles... This is coming from me, someone who (laughs) hasn't lived in Los Angeles their whole life, okay? The only thing I knew about Los Angeles before I moved here is, like, one day a giant earthquake is going to happen and it's going to fall into the ocean. So I could not bring myself to see San Andreas. But it was The Rock. But the, I understand. The moral of the story I is. I love The Rock. <laughs> I love The Rock a lot. Even The Rock could not get me a go see San Andreas. See, it's kind of like I learned that I would not survive this upcoming big one if I don't have The Rock as my dad. Great. So we're both in trouble because <laughs> yes. The Rock is or neither one of us. Did you watch fathers. 2012 or was it? What's his face? The one from Say Anything. What's this guy's face? Say anything. Remember the the movie, the eighties movie with the boombox over his head. John Cusack. Yes, he was on twenty twelve, and you apparently he can outrun an earthquake with a limo. Okay, all right. Well, <laughs> we're we're both still in trouble because neither one of our fathers, unless John Cusack, The Rock, if you're listening, and you want <laughs> to let Russia either Christine or I know something. About your past history Apparently with our mothers. If you are in Caltech, you'll be fine because Earthquake doesn't disrupt Caltech in any movie. Great! I live down the street from Caltech. <laughs> you just need to get inside their, I'm perfect. their bunker. I'm good! This was such a tangent. All they have is just a little shaking, nothing else. Such a tangent. All right, Marvel Studios, Doctor Strange, in theaters now. Go see it again. Um, what uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., we are off the air for a while. We had the election last Tuesday and... In two weeks, we've got, we've got uh, Other Thanksgiving. For, yes, Thanksgiving. Um, so we are off the air until November 29th. We come back November 29th with, uh, we start building towards the climax of this first story arc of the season. So you won't want to miss that. But in the meantime, we've got some original videos coming out for you. Yeah. Um, we'll have a couple new episodes of Forging Marvel Shield, one of which, fingers crossed, is live by the time you're listening to this who knows (laughs) hopefully i'm trying i'm trying 
Uh, and we'll have two more videos. We'll also have a special podcast with uh, Felipe Smith and Trad Moore, who awesome cool dude, who created um, Robbie Reyes, the all new Ghost Rider, uh, in the comics. And we released, I believe, since the last time we talked to you, we released another episode of uh, this week in Marvel's Agents of Shield uh, with executive producer and writer Jeffrey Bell, who mm -hmm. wrote uh, the most recent new episode, which featured... the origin story. Pardon. The origin story? Yes, yes. It, it featured the origin of Robbie Reyes. So you can go listen to that while you're waiting for new Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which, again, comes back uh, Tuesday, November 29th. That's usual time, 10, 9 central. We got anything else going on in the wide world of television? We have a new episode of Marvel's Avengers Ultron Revolution this Sunday at 8.30 a.m. on Disney XD. Um, you know, Red Hulk will make an appearance. You know, he's their new teammate. And they're just going to have to take down another big bad. What do you mean Red Hulk? The Hulk's green, Christine. But this is the Red Hulk joining the team. No, but why are you saying the Red Hulk? The Hulk is green. But this one's red. No, there's only... The Hulk is... Gr How did we hire you and you don't know the Hulk is green? Why would we call him green the Red is, Hulk when he's green? Green is my favorite color. Why would we hire the Red Hulk when he's green? Why, why, why would we call him the Red Hulk when he's green? That doesn't make any sense. Why are you calling him the Red why Hulk? Does, why does comics make sense to you? I, all right. I, I apologize <laughs> for everyone who doesn't, who's, who's listening to this and, and is as baffled as I am by the fact that Christine. I know. I'm, I'm having a rough week, thinks, guys. Thinks, thinks the Green Hulk is red. Having a rough week. Uh, to be fair, though, our boss, Ben Morse, uh, is colorblind and he can't distinguish red and green. <laughs> so they're, they're they're same color to them. So in all seriousness, yes, I know there's a red Hulk, obviously, <laughs> but Ben, uh, he just sees them and they're the same color. Do you know I watched this week How to Get Away with Murder, and being colorblind will one day help us in a murder trial. All right, that's Christine's disturbing factoid for the day. I will be locking my doors when I go home tonight and moving my cubicle a few I think, spaces I think down Strom from her. Strom and Henry are concerned because my new favorite podcast is My Favorite Murder. Uh, there's a lot of other reasons we're concerned, but yes, that is that is one piece, uh, one item that does concern us. Um, uh, there's that. Anyway, all right, so where are we kicking to now? Are you, are you going to talk with... Animation after this bit? No animation talk? Not this week. All right, not this week. Uh, so we tell that, and uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back in just a second with the uh, Twim URC. We're back. Did you miss us? <laughs> I missed us. Are you traumatized? I'm traumatized. <laughs> Did you miss us? I missed us. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry we went away. We're back. I'm loopy. It's the usual. We're here to talk about Twim URC. Uh, Christine picked this uh, this week's because somehow she had never read Astonishing X-Men, which is weird. I don't know. That's weird. How have you not I read this? How have you not read this? Watched the whole animated series when I was young, but did not read it because it was too mature for my delicate sensibilities. Weren't you like 20-something when this came out? Oh, was it? I don't know. When did this come out? This came out in like 2004. Um, 
You were like 19 years old. No, I was 17, right? Because that was when I went abroad to study abroad. Wait, 2004. Because that was the year after. No, I was little. 17? Yeah. Because I didn't become 18 until later in the year. All right, and now you guys know how old Christine is. <laughs> um, <laughs> I read this when it first came out because this was a huge deal when it first came out. Uh, for those listening long, we obviously read Astonishing X-Men. We read the first six issues by Joss Whedon and John Cassidy with uh, colors by Laura Martin. Um, this was a big deal. I, I don't know if you really remember the history of the context is, Christine, but... This was, so Grant Morrison came in, mm-hmm. and um, this was back, Grant Morrison came in, uh, Joe Casada had just become uh, editor-in-chief, and Bill Jemis was our uh, publisher at the time, president, president publisher, publisher maybe, I forget his exact title. Anyway, uh, they, they were sort of like the new leadership of Marvel back in 2000, I think they started, late 2000. Uh, mm, maybe early 2001, and, you know, they did, they revamped a lot of titles, they brought new creative teams, they brought J. J. Michael Straczynski into the fold, uh, mm-hmm. and him and John Romia Jr. started their uh, run on Spider-Man. A um, number of other big creative teams, uh, one of them was Grant Morrison and Frank Quitely, who they brought on to New X-Men, and Grant Morrison did his in my opinion, legendary and incredible run on New X-Men, probably my favorite X-Men run of all time. Uh, Grant Morrison's a hard act to follow. So, uh, and obviously he structures a lot of his runs almost, well, not, he structures all his runs. It's sort of like ongoing, you know, narratives beginning, middle, and end. So we always knew eventually he would wrap you up. And then it's like, how in hell do you follow Grant Morrison's <laughs> new X-Men? Yeah. Uh, and that's a big question at the time. Was everyone? I remember there were rumors swirling that like Neil Gaiman was going to be co-writing it with like Alan Moore or something. Uh, there were there were a bunch of like crazy rumors that you're like, that sounds really not happening. <laughs> but what they followed it up with was Astonishing X Men. Astonishing X Men became the flagship title after New X Men. Uh, Grant Morrison ended his run on that. And they brought Joss Whedon of Buffy the Vampire Slayer fame, uh, you know, Angel. Uh, had he done Firefly at that point? I think he'd done Firefly yeah. at that point. Um, obviously, very well loved by the fans. He came on, which uh, John Cassidy, who is an incredible visualist, incredible, incredible artist. Um, and whereas Grant Morrison's run was super big and bombastic and weird mm-hmm. and everything. Joss came in and he's like, uh, uh, he almost streamlined it in a way where he is like, all right, this is our cast. The core cast was five characters at first. is Emma Frost, Cyclops, uh, Kitty Pride, Beast, and... Colossus? Well, Colossus came in at the end of this arc. Was it just the four at the first? Yes. Yeah, it was just the four at the first. And then Colossus came in as... As the fifth, in uh, at, at the end of this arc that we're talking about, thirteen-year-old spoiler alert: <laughs> Colossus came back. He was dead at the time for four years. He's only dead for like four years. He's one of those characters that like died and then like he died right before uh, Scott Lobdell killed him. Right before uh, 
Grant Morrison came on New X-Men. It, like, died, like, three months before Grant Morrison came on New X-Men. And they came back to life, like, three months after Grant Morrison left New X-Men. So, he was essentially just dead for Grant Morrison's run. Uh, and this book was much more about... Whereas Morrison's was sort of about the X-Men as outsiders and their culture and everything and what all that meant. This was the X-Men as superheroes. This was the book Wolverine. Wolverine was the fifth one. Did I not mention Wolverine? We did not mention Wolverine. His claws are on the cover of the first issue. How did we forget Wolverine? And I'm staring at him right now. Yes, we're staring at a figure of him. So, all right. So Wolverine was the uh, fifth member. Was the fifth member, and Colossus was the sixth. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Who uh, was a dragon? Also a dragon. Lockheed, who turns out to be a traitor. <gasps> yeah. Oh. You, you haven't read that far in the series yet? I only read six issues. Oh, all right. Sorry. Yeah, there's... Yeah, it's it, like the entire time you like... Uh, there's like... Uh, 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 why am I forgetting her name? The leader of S.W.O.R.D., Green Hair. Oh. Um, yep. Great. I'm feeling you guys. Great. I'm feeling you guys. Great. Great. Um, <laughs> Abigail? No. Abigail Brand. Yeah. Abigail Brand's like, oh, we have an insider feeding right. his info from the X-Men and everything. And it turns out that's Lockheed. And you always thought Lockheed was just some cute little dragon. And it turns out that he's Adorable. like a hyper-advanced, like, alien life form. Uh, that Kieran Gillen then ran with that idea and made it marvelous in uh, in uh, the short-lived Sword series he did. Maybe we should do that next. Um, we can. We can. That was a great series. Um, anyway, this was X-Men and Superheroes. This was X-Men back in the spandex. New, new X-Men came out and was riding the zeitgeist of the X-Men films. It was very like black leather, camo. They like, made a they made a joke about the black leather, how it kind of makes it hard for anyone to trust you. Yes, exactly. Well, and that was the thing is like, you know, that that was part of Joss's mission statement with this was like, you know, uh, the X Men are as much as they are teachers and and you know, um, at the forefront of mutant culture and all that. They're also essentially mutant ambassadors. Right. Um, and they get in a lot of fights for uh, these they, they ambassadors. They get in a lot of fights. They do get in a lot of fights. Um, Wolverine just—it's hard to be in a team. Well, yeah, I feel like any time you have Wolverine on your team, <laughs> you're gonna end up in a lot of fights. He's, he speaks the truth. Yeah, he's the best at what they're, but he's the best there is at what he does, and what he does is fight a lot. Um, with claws. Uh, so this book, I don't know, I'm, I'm going off on so many tangents on this book because there's so much to talk about with it, but like, I don't know, I mean, one of the key things to this for me, and, and we see this in the gra- the groundwork being laid for this in, um, in this arc is Grant Morrison and John, Grant Morrison laid the groundwork for making Scott Summers a much better leader and a much more interesting leader and a much more interesting character. And Joss really ran with that ball. Joss was the guy who sort of took that and really cemented it. And it's kind of hard because I felt like I can't tell if Emma Frost is, you know, controlling him. In this first arc, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's part of it. There's there's stuff. Keep reading. Keep reading, Christine. <laughs> 
How have you not read this book? Um, hey, I didn't read X-Men for a long time. What's wrong with you? Um, <laughs> it's too real. Reading this, I'm like, this is totally the economic climate that we're in. <laughs> Social economic climate. So what, what 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 were your thoughts as as someone I gave like this long winded history lesson? What were your thoughts reading this? Uh, reading this, uh, I I feel like especially because of this week, it's you know like it was a good story on how people with different ideas how do they join together and how do they get the world to pretty much trust them? And you know, Beast had this really interesting arcs he's like am i a monster do i want to cure this and he kind of wished he was that he did have the cure and it's like kind of like can you pretty much change yourself and if you were given the cure would you do it yeah i mean yeah it's uh it's definitely an interesting idea like i i feel like Oh, had the, had the idea of a cure for mutant kind come up before? I feel like it's yeah. maybe been toyed with a little. bit. I feel bit. like he pursues but, all those. Yeah, but Joss Joss really he really pursued it towards its end. And I mean, uh, to me, one of the most memorable moments, uh, you know, both reading it now. Well, I think it's memorable mostly because I read it in single issue form, and and when I reread it now, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, that was great. Was uh, Colossus coming back? Because yeah. there was at the time a lot of mystery about who this mutant was. Uh, Jean Grey uh, at the time was dead. Well, I guess she still is dead, except for young Jean Grey. Um, and there was actually John Castey actually did like a fake cover. Uh, to 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 uh, sidetrack people and think that it was Jean Grey that they're bringing back, but it's Colossus, and I just love the fact that Kitty is the one that finds him. Mm-hmm. Like that is just like uh, I've always loved their relationship and their dynamic, and uh, uh, Kitty Pride too is like again we talk about the st- the character work that. I did about uh, character work that Joss did on Scott, but Kitty too. She's like, awesome. Well, and and here's the thing: she's always been awesome. But she doesn't take any guff from Emma Frost. Yeah, she she hasn't. She she's always been awesome. Yeah. Um, but, but it's like she's like mature now. She's kind of like another team leader. When this is the first time you see that, like now it's Kay Pride, and it's like yeah, of course Kay Pride's yeah. a big time X Men player. Joss is Joss is the guy who did that. Like he, K. Pride was not on the level of Scott Summers and Wolverine mm-hmm. and Emma Frost until Joss brought her back and was like, she, she'd been close. Like she she'd been a part of the X Men right. before, but really spotlighting her when she, she was a like, part of the X Men before. She was, she was um part of a larger team. And I think what Joss did here was when he pared it down to these five characters and you've got Cyclops, of course, mm-hmm. Beast, of course, Wolverine, of course, Emma Frost, post Grant Morrison's run, right. of course. And then you got Kay Pride, like that elevates her when it's such a small pool mm-hmm. of characters and it's like four of them are like, yeah, duh, they're A-listers. And then you have one who... 
I don't know if everyone will have necessarily considered her the A-lister at the time uh, that they do now. And I think a big part of that is Joss, the fact that he put her on their level in the character. I mean, the, the very first pages of Astonishing X-Men number one are her walking back into the mansion, uh, reliving some of those, like, uh, class, like the, I, I, Professor Xavier is a jerk. <laughs> Uh, yeah. moment, uh, and all those, and, like, kissing Peter Colossus under the, under the mistletoe, mistletoe, and all that type of stuff, it really, yeah. uh, she's very clearly our, our POV character, the focal character in this arc, and, uh, in Joss's run, really, um, and it's just incredible the amount of the amount of work that uh, that he is able to do with that, and it thanks in large part too to John Casday. We've been talking a lot about Joss, but Casday, he uh, man, it, it was okay. I get all the issues mixed up, but that issue six is the one that had the double page spread of Colossus throwing Wolverine in a yes. fastball special yes. for the first time, and you just like see that, and you're <laughs> like, oh, yes, yeah, and he is awesome with. Like facial expressions, because how many times did Emma Frost side eye everyone in this series? Oh yeah, Emma like, Frost is the original queen of shade. Yeah, totally. Like, I was like, and it's it's awesome just to see how, just like that glance that she gives. Oh yeah, she was. Uh, uh, the God again, it, it's funny that you like. God, I can just talk about the series for ages because the character work that Joss and John Casday did on this book, like this is this was really a very defining run for a lot of these characters, mm-hmm. and uh, especially because, like I say, like I feel like Grant Morrison really teed everything up and like and made it so, like you know, hey guys, here it is. If you want to run this in for a 90-yard touchdown, you can. But they had to find the right guys to do it. And with Joss Whedon and John Casty, they just, like, ran within. You're like, oh, yeah, you you did that. <laughs> I made a sports reference, too. Bam! <laughs> I'm on fleek. Totally. That's a thing that people say, right? Not anymore. On fleek? Yep. It was only about your eyebrows, and now it's done. It's because, like, when we take it over, it's done. When millennials take it over? No, when we are on the outskirts of millennialness. When old people take it over? Yeah, it's done. I'm proud to be old. <sighs> Me too. We were talking earlier. Our our personalities, Christina and I's personalities, <laughs> def- are defined by the fact that she grew up loving... The Disney Channel? The Disney... What? The... Lizzie McGuire? Lizzie McGuire. Whoever the hell that is. I don't know. And Hello, I grew- Hillary Duff married a hockey player, and that was very important. In the show? In, the, in real life. She married a Canadian hockey player. Really? Yeah, but now they're divorced, so it's okay. All right. Uh, so she grew up with that. I grew up loving grumpy old men. <laughs> the the classic movie with Jack Lemmon and, and Walter Matthau. It's a great movie. And then it complains about how the Muppets, you know, two grumpy old men in the back. Which were the best part of the show. Which I appreciate now, but when I was, like, young, I was like, they're so grumpy. When I was a kid, I was like, yeah, I hope (laughs) I'm you when I'm old. And now I'm, like, 30, and I am them, and nobody likes me. I'm totally them. So (laughs) don't be like me, kids. Be more like Christine and watch Lizzie McGuire, I guess. It's gone. 
You don't uh, have that anymore. True, true, true classics. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Um, and if you're a parent, show them Lizzie McGuire, not Grumpy Old Men. Don't yeah. make don't make the same mistakes my parents <laughs> made. Love you, mom. Um, what uh? Well, well, so we're talking about. Well, let Let's get to. I feel like we've talked a lot. Questions about, and comments. Let's get to questions and comments, all right? Because this podcast goes on for forever, so. I'll start off. I'll start off with uh, DJ Fanko, longtime mm-hmm. listener, first time caller. Just kidding. We love you, DJ. You've <laughs> been on here a bit. Uh, Sasha Ashman for Twim URC. I remember the first time I read it, SDCC 2007. I was a lapsed reader and completely engrossed me. See, even DJ, how have you not read I this? I know. Until that now? was my first convention ever, San Diego 2007. That was your first convention ever? Mm-hmm. Huh. Um. That's why that was the last time I went. That was the last time I went to San Diego as a fan. I think that was my first one as a fan. Uh, that's, and I went to two, and that was it. That was my last one as a fan. Starring in SDCC 2008, I started working with Marvel and uh, <laughs> done nine in a row now. God, I feel old. Uh, <laughs> Penelope Cat, new Twitmerc is Joss Whedon and John Cassidy's Astonishing X Men one through six. I don't think I've read those since they first came out. Uh, I think that's Penelope Cat's only comment, but hopefully you read it and enjoyed it as much as we did. You want to take the next one? Yeah, so we have at Ralph underscore AB. Raph. Raph. Not Raph. Ralph. There's no L there. Raph. Scott's saying that they think we are the Magneto's waiting to happen. That's ironic when we know where he's heading. Yeah. And well, oh, all right. Okay. Let me, let me, <laughs> I'm very defensive about my Scott Summers. Okay. So <laughs> let me, let me, let me just. All right, Raph, all right, I love you, bite, but all right, let me just, like, okay, now, Scott's misunderstood, okay? Like, he's not... True misunderstood. He's not, he's not, don't don't put him in that Magneto category, you know, he's not... I love Magneto. I love Magneto, too, but, like, you know, Scott Summers isn't a villain, he's, he's a tragic hero. Like, he makes the right decisions for his community and for mutant kind and you know avengers versus x-men i still uphold is a story about what happens when uh the bad guys win and get to write history Hmm. i would argue that cyclops is the true hero of avengers versus x-men and captain america and iron man are the villains in that story and in the end captain america and iron man win out and thus it's a story about how they won I'm using air quotes here. You can't see them, but they didn't. They didn't. They are. They are. And and how they were the good guys. They weren't. I, 100%. I will still get in arguments with people about this. Cyclops, the true hero of Avengers versus X Men, and in that series, in terms of uh, if you if you want to classify someone as a classic Magneto style, Doctor Doom style villain, I would wholly argue that Iron Man <laughs> and Captain America fill though that role in that series so just clearing something up feel, feel free feel free, feel free to argue with me but <laughs> i'm right okay next comment was when wolverine is still smoking from being hit by cyclops multiple panels later he might have struck a nerve very stylistic fx special effects wait where what that's the second oh, i skipped i'm sorry yeah you skipped like a lot <laughs> i kind of did the single space tiny font okay um, a cure to being mutant reminds me of an X-Men movie that never happened. <laughs> Enough said. 
Uh, I never imagined Beast using his powers of intellect to break into a building by himself, but it seems so logical now. Of course it does. Yeah, of course, especially when what's on the line. Uh, at uh, Silverback Surfer. OMG, Emma Frost is forever side-eyeing <laughs> anyone in your immediate vicinity. Love it. Yeah, as we do, as yeah. we just talked about. And uh, at Silverback Surfer, you were the one that said when Wolverine is still smoking from being hit by Cyclops multiple pounds later, he might have struck a nerve. <laughs> Very stylistic FX. Um, the art is fabulous. Uh, trying to remember what Caste was doing right before this. Captain America, maybe? He had done... Captain America, I think that was the last Marvel thing he had done right before Astonishing X-Men, but he is also working with um, Warren Ellis in this period uh, doing Planetary, um, uh, which was, <laughs> for, for those Planetary fans who still remember a 27-issue series that took 13 years to come out. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if it's the, it might have only been 11, but it took a very long time. Wasn't so. there like a video game, right? No. no. Anyway, uh, but yes, so, so he was also working on, uh, on Stashing X-Men at that time. Um, on the one hand, if someone doesn't want to be a mutant, is it fair to deny them that option? On the other hand, the potential for misuse and persecution is high, plus it sends the message that mutation is something to, quote, cure. Uh, from you Silver ba- Black. I missed another question. Is it okay to cure mutants? Story is a, oh, yes. The story is a great premiere premise, premise for the X-Men with a fantastic moral dilemma. Is it okay to cure mutants? Uh, you know, I, I, ex- exactly. I think I think you hit on right there, Silverback Surfer. Just the, yeah. the core of it is, and that's what really uh, Just Wien in the story is, is looking to explore. And uh, What's real life? Yeah, and uh, and which uh, the Ultimate Universe also explored uh, many years later during Brian Wood's run on Ultimate Comics X-Men. So if you want more of this type of thing, I highly recommend going and checking out uh, Brian Wood's Ultimate Comics X-Men run. Uh, you want you want to take up? Uh, well, I'll, I'll I'll finish this off. It, it helps the argument that the guy providing the cure is pretty much a douche. <laughs> I think we can say that on this, right? Yeah. Sure. I suppose. But even he has his reasons. Also, Abigail Brand's justifications for her actions resonate with what Captain Marvel, Brand's replacement with S.W.O.R.D., uh, is doing in Civil War Two. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about it like that. Uh, you want you to pick up? Yep. I didn't remember the state of X-Men prior to the story, so the Colossus return wasn't so effective since I forgot that he was dead. As we talked about, he's dead yeah. for like three years, so. Yeah. You know, I, I'm sure many, even at the time, like new readers coming on board were probably like, "Wait, is this supposed to be? He was dead. When did he die? What happened? How did he get here?" Okay, um, gotta admit, the discussion about going back to traditional costumes felt a little awkward to me this time around. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. Me too. Um. Do the people in the Marvel Universe really judge heroes by whether or not they wear a skin-tight costume? Well, I mean, I think it's it's something where it's like you see Captain America, and he's in these bright colors. You see Iron Man, he's in these bright colors. You see Thor, he's in these bright colors. And then you see someone coming at you just dressed all in black, looking like 
he might be like a, a you gang? know, a biker gang, a biker gang, or or like a military black ops agent with mutant powers. You're gonna be like, it's what are you, what's yeah. going on here? They already had a lot to like overcome for acceptance. Yeah, so I I feel like it's just getting more in line with the visual identity of what the population of the Marvel universe has come to identify as. Well, Silverback Surfer also says supervillains wear costumes too. That was the one moment I could hear the writers speaking through the characters. Yeah, I mean, they do. But again, you know, putting Wolverine, a short, angry dude with <laughs> claws coming off his hands, in black leather, as he was in Grant Morrison's run, a little bit more intimidating than him coming at you in a bright, gaudy, yellow and blue costume. <laughs> like, you're, you're, you, I... I don't know. I'm I'm gonna be afraid if a guy is running in my direction with claws coming off his hands, dressed in black leather. Because I'm like, oh my god, is he running at me to kill me? Whereas if Wolverine's running at me in bright yellow and blue, I'm, I'm like, like You're oh, give me a thank hug. God, a hero's here. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna... on his way to to solve some problem. Senna, help me out in ways I do not understand. Exactly. Whereas again, black leather Wolverine, I'm like. Uh, I'm going to be shish kebab. Yeah, do I need... Am, am I dying? Is this that? <laughs> I love you, Mom. Sorry. What did, what did I do to him? Uh, yeah, so I think I think that was more of where Joss was coming with that point. Cool. On the other hand, the return of Kitty Pride and especially Lockheed made my day. Especially especially since I started reading X... Oops. Especially Lockheed's big moment. I combined the next thing. What? <laughs> Especially Lockheed's big moment. I started reading X-Men when Kitty met Lockheed, and so that was a callback to my childhood fandom, probably from Whedon as well. Yeah, I imagine, because that will have been... Well, when did they first meet? Like, around, like, Uncanny X-Men, like, 180-something? I want to say it's, like, 186? By Chris Claremont and oh. John Romita Jr. with inks by Dan Green. So the next comment from Silverback Surfer was, for me, X-Men equals Chris Claremont's X-Men. So the success or failure of any run for me rests on how much it reminds me of those days. And this felt like the X-Men of my youth. So it's a, uh, it's a success. Great. Um, last one. Last one. I'll, I'll, I'll close this out. The Tech Lord at Lex Pendragon. Uh, this was one of the greatest comic runs I've ever read. I was a Wynn fan since Buffy, but this proved he could do comics too. Yeah, this were, well, this wasn't his very first comics work. Uh, I think he did a, a limited series set in the Buffyverse um, fray over at Dark Horse before he did this with Carl Moline. Um, but this was certainly, yeah, his first sort of, you know. This, this to me was the thing that, like, when they announced Joss Whedon was doing The Avengers, I was like, yeah, duh. Because he gets it. <laughs> like, Yeah. Anybody who's read Astonishing X-Men could tell you that's the guy you want to be directing the Avengers. He gets how to build a team. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this this to me was was very much a proving ground for, for Joss in, in that respect. Um, I think had not been for Astonishing X-Men, you would have announced Joss Whedon was doing the Avengers and I would have been like, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. He'll probably do good with that. Yeah. But after Astonishing X-Men is like, uh-huh. Yeah. Am I, like, supposed to be surprised by this? First six issues, very powerful. Um, the entire run is, I can't believe you haven't read this, Christine. You can't, like, I was 
in France, where all I got to, got to read was asterisks and Tintin. Oh, wee oui, wee. Oui. <laughs> uh, all right, I won't, I won't punish like our listeners. That, list. that I was won't the only comic books I found in the shops over there. I won't punish our listeners. You didn't find like any like Enki Bilal or like Mobius stuff or? Well, I don't know. All I just remember was like my host parents saying, here, Tintin and Asterix. None, none of like Alejandro Jodorowsky's stuff? Nope. Like none of? My host parents, that was all they gave me, especially because they wanted to be American. Med Barons, no Med Barons, no nope. Incal. Wow. Nope. Well. I've been sheltered. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, look, go look all that stuff up. Great French comic books um, and great French comics creators. Uh well, I guess Alejandro Jodorowsky isn't French, but he's done a lot of French uh, comics. Uh, I will close this out. Thank you all Wait, for listening. We got it. No, I'm in there. Let's do the wrap up. Uh, we don't next, have a flow yet. We don't have a flow. Uh, next one, ERC is Nova. Nova by Dan Abnett and Andy Lannon. Yes, I will give you three guesses who chose that. <laughs> And your first two guesses don't count. It was Ben. Uh, for I those love of you that don't Dan know, Abnett. for those of you guys that don't know, Ben is a well. If you're a long time listener, character. there's no way you don't know that Ben loves Richard Rider. <laughs> so we did Astonishing X Men. I'm going to say it's in celebration of Resurrection, which is the upcoming sort of relaunch ish thing, thing that publishes publishing is doing of uh, of uh, X books. Mm-hmm. over post Inhumans versus X-Men. I'm, I'm going to say that's what your reasoning for this was, Christine. Yeah, absolutely. Christine, what's Resurrection? Yeah, the comic book series. It's not a comic book series. Well, an event. It's not an event. How up to date are you on our publishing plans? Anything I've heard in the podcast. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, good thing you don't cover <laughs> comics. Good thing. Good thing we just do film and TV. Um, I'm not caught up. Uh, anyway, so, and of course, Nova, Richard Ryder. He is, uh, we're, we're coming back with a, new, with a new Nova series from Jeff Loveness and Ramon Perez. I love Ramon's artwork. He's been sharing <laughs> yes. some on Instagram. Yes, he, uh, I believe he's also co-writing the series with Jeff Loveness. Oh. Um, don't quote me on that. I believe he is. He's doing his art. He's a great artist, great series. Uh, you guys will dig out. So go back to some of the roots with Nova by Dan Abnett and Annie Lanning. Uh, DNA for fans, uh, they called them. Um, Clever. And uh, yeah, that, that, that was coined when they were doing a run on uh, something for a distinguished competition. It's like their couple name. Um, anyway, uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, read Nova by Dan Abnand, Nan Lang. I believe they're doing the first six issues uh, on Marvel Unlimited. And that's really all we got. Thanks, everyone. Uh, until next time, this is Marvel, your universe. Mm-hmm.